Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So much to talk about coming out of tonight's Raw, heading into SummerSlam. But a big announcement for listeners. We're having our first $1 VIP sale of the year. And it's a great week to go VIP. If you've heard callers recommend it, if you've heard or me read emails from people saying go VIP people, now's your chance to give it a try. Kick the tires, explore the site, and just see what it's like to follow professional wrestling with access to everything that VIP members exclusively have access to. And you can do it for $1. All you have to do is go to pwtorchvipinfo.com, pwtorchvipinfo.com, and Sign up for one month, three months, one year. Choose your option. You get $9 off any subscription. What that means is if you choose a one-month option, you get full access to everything. 30-plus years of archives, an unmatched library of insider wrestling information, and new VIP-exclusive podcasts every single day. And this show, all four Wade Keller post shows and podcasts throughout the week, with the ads and plugs edited out. And also, coming up Sunday, the post-SummerSlam Roundtable, where Bruce Mitchell and Todd Martin join me for our very timely post-pay-per-view roundtable podcast, reviewing SummerSlam. It'll be available for VIP members within an hour or two after SummerSlam ends, and you can be on board for that. All you have to do is go to pwtorchvipinfo.com and enter coupon code DOLLARSLAM18. DOLLARSLAM18. That coupon code gets you $9 off a one-month subscription. Or... Any subscription link that you choose. So uh, go VIP for $1 right now. Go to pwtorchvipinfo.com, dollar slam 18. VIP membership includes exclusive VIP podcasts every single day, well over 100 per month. The most timely, comprehensive coverage of pro wrestling's biggest events worldwide. The top mix of diverse viewpoints from pro wrestling's best analysts, including Todd Martin, Sean Radican, Alan Forel, Alan Cunahan, Greg Parks, and Bruce Mitchell. Unmatched 30-plus years of archives of podcasts, radio shows from the 90s, and newsletters instantly available. Ad-free VIP-exclusive website access on desktop and mobile. You get access to pwtorchvip.com with all the content on our main website without ads and plugs, along with additional exclusive articles. Plus, access the entire array of VIP podcasts on iPhone and Android podcast apps or stream from our ad-free VIP mobile and desktop sites. And, yes, get versions of this, the Wade Keller Post Show and Podcasts, and all PW Torch livecasts with the ads and plugs removed. New PW Torch newsletters every week in PDF and all-text format. Every Saturday, settle in for a 20 years ago back issue, Reliving the Monday Night War, with our Pro Wrestling Torch newsletters with tons of behind-the-scenes information and fascinating details and insights and opinions of what was going on 20 years ago this week in professional wrestling during the Monday Night War with ECW and so much else going on. Also, my newsletter reports on every SummerSlam event ever. 
I've been covering every SummerSlam event with star ratings and match analysis. You can read through all of those. Also, special sections dedicated to articles and podcast collections on specific themes and historical events. All of that for a dollar for one month. Check it out. PWTorchVIPInfo.com and use coupon code DOLLARSLAM18. That's DOLLARSLAM18. 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 That's your coupon code. Take advantage of it while you can. Our our first $1 sale of the year. DOLLARSLAM18 at PWTorchVIPInfo.com. Now, P.W. Torch brings you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. It's time to talk this week's WWE Monday Night Raw. So, Jason, I've got to ask, what do you think of Dean Ambrose's new look? I think he looks great. Ultimately, I'm looking forward to the day that Dean Ambrose finally turns heel and turns into that psychopath lunatic. I mean, it, it caught me by surprise the way he looked. I think he's in the best shape he's ever been. Obviously, let's be honest, that hair, it was losing its own battle. So I think he just sort of went with it. But I like it when someone returns, they come back with a fresh look. He looks serious. He looks demented. He looks like a psycho. He's in Seth's quarter, but for how long? So I'm definitely intrigued, but it definitely gets a thumbs up for me because I think he needed something fresh. He needed to, I think, a new look. And like I said, I'm waiting for him to turn heel. That's that's where I'll, what I'm waiting for. I am not as sure about his new look. I, it, I might warm up to it because I agree with you being gone for that long, come back with a fresh look, uh, gives people a chance to maybe look at you differently and frame you differently. It's a more heelish look. Yes, there was a little bit of a losing battle with the receding uh, hairline, the widow's peak, but I... I don't know. I feel like something got lost to his look with the with the shorter, close-cropped hair. It was a little kind of Mr. Kennedy-esque. Um, yes, he's definitely got more musculature. He's more toned. He's wearing a muscle shirt. I don't know. There's something that just doesn't feel Dean Ambrose-like about this. So i got to see more. I'm, I'm not, not giving it a thumbs down. I'm just not sold on it yet. I feel like the old Dean is missing, and I kind of miss him. So we'll, we'll see if it grows on me. Uh, what did you think of that angle and the way that they built up Dean Ambrose's return? I, I, I thought Seth Rollins was especially good in, uh, in, in how, he, how he... By the way, somebody just on Twitter posted a picture of, of Dean Malenko uh, next to the new Dean Ambrose look, um, saying the two Deans. So I don't know if that's a thumbs up or down. Um, but uh, I thought Seth was really good in his delivery of the lines. He's so likable, so engaging... And I, I thought the way that he said he had some travel issues, but it wasn't my travel. And the way he said it and timed it, the crowd got to be kind of a half a step ahead of him, even though he was leading them by the hand. I, I just thought that aspect of it was especially good. There were uh, several aspects I liked about the buildup to Dean's return tonight. Definitely. And like you said, the baby face was leading the crowd by the hand, and the crowd knew where he was going and I always like that that's the part that gives you goosebumps where you know someone's about to be announced the crowd knows who it is they get excited and then the person comes out that's when you know that person is a big star so like you said I thought it was great by Seth Rollins and with Dean Ambrose wait look for me I'm all about Dean Ambrose turning heel 
and turning into that true psychopath and cutting those promos in a dark room and looking like a dangerous figure. That's where I'm. That's where this look is coming from for me. And I think it's going to happen very soon. That's why I like it. Now, if he's coming back as a bit of a baby face, I understand what you're saying. Sort of like it, it's sort of a different Dean Ambrose, but I see him turning heel rather quickly, and that's what I'm looking forward to. So I think that look's going to really complement the potential of where we're going with Dean Ambrose. Yeah, and again, I didn't. We didn't get like a close up. We didn't get him cutting a promo. We just saw him coming out alongside Seth and, and clearing the ring of Ziggler and, and taking McIntyre out with Dirty Deeds. High energy, um, uh, close to the show, and, and, and I thought it was good. Uh, Jason, one more question, then we'll set the table and take some calls here. How do you grade overall this as the final Raw before SummerSlam, the final hype for th- uh, three, especially three of the biggest matches, the women's title match, the universal title match, the IC title match? Uh, do you think they, they got people more interested and, and more amped up for, for uh, this Sunday? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I would have said yes, and I would have emphatically said yes with the Roman Reigns segment halfway through it, but then I sort of said no. So we can talk about that later. Huh, but ultimately, yeah. ultimately, I think people are looking forward to SummerSlam, but I think they could have been looking forward a lot more to it. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's set the table here. This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. For Monday, August 13th, 2018, immediately following Monday Night Raw in Greensboro, North Carolina. The final episode, six days before SummerSlam. I am joined by Jason from Australia. We call him Jason Australia. You can connect the dots there. Uh, uh, Jason, welcome back to the co-hosting chair here on the hashtag WKPWP. Thanks, Wade. I'm looking forward to um, dissecting everything and speaking to the listeners. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to you about this show and, and uh, setting the stage for SummerSlam. So everybody, uh, stay tuned for, for good programming, and you can be part of it. If you're listening to us live on our stream at wadekellerpostshow.com, which uh, you're invited, everybody's invited to join us after Raw SmackDown. We're live around five minutes after the show goes off the air. And you can find us at wadekellerpostshow.com. Just uh, look for the phone number there and give us a call and participate in the show once you start streaming us. The phone number is 347 215 8558. That's 347 215 8558. And if you call, you've got to push one on your keypad or your touchtone phone if you're using one of those touchtone phones. Uh, push one on your keypad to indicate on our switchboard that you want to be on the program, as uh, many of you are already doing, and we encourage everybody who wants to participate to do so. Later on, we'll be joined by an on site correspondent from Greensboro. And then we'll also take your emails later in the program. The email address is wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. That's wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. Jason, let's just uh, get to it and uh, get to our first calls here and see what callers have to say and where they lead us in conversation. And we'll begin with area code 267. Uh, 267, thanks for holding. Please state your name and where you're calling from. Hey, Wade, this is Joe from Philly. Joe, good to hear from you again. What's on your mind about Raw tonight? Thanks, Wade. I, I thought Raw was a really good show tonight. I'm pretty sold on SummerSlam after after especially the main event angle with Ziggler, McIntyre, Rollins, and Ambrose. I thought I thought Ambrose looked great. I wasn't keen on the haircut as well, but I, I thought he looked like in really good shape, and he's definitely due for a heel run, like Jason said. And I just wanted to touch on what Jason said earlier about Seth looking at having the crowd in the palm of his hands and 
you know, it really felt like a big time angle and a big time feud right now between Ziggler and Rollins, especially now with the addition of Ambrose. And I just wanted to ask a quick question on the SummerSlam match. I know it's pretty expected that Ambrose will turn on Rollins, but after tonight in the feel of everything, especially with Ambrose coming back, do you think they should really take it slow on this? Do you think they should, you know, rebuild that chemistry between Rollins and Ambrose and then rip it out from under them right there and then really turn Ambrose heel you know, taking it, taking their time with it. Do you, do you think it'd be better to take their time with it, or do you think they should pull the tr- this trigger on it at SummerSlam and just have him go all out there? I, I was getting, I mean, like I was, I was getting vibes from like '05 Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, where like you know, you, you could position this angle in the sense of like you know, week week after week, you know, Ambrose starts turning into this crazier lunatic that Rollins doesn't know he can trust, and then you know, Ambrose tells you know, I got your back, and then. Maybe they get back into the tag title division or somehow. Or do you think they? So, just my question really is: Do you think they should take this slow, or do you think they should just pull the trigger with it at SummerSlam? That's all I got. I appreciate you taking my call. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, um, it is a a big question that I assume they have figured out whether they uh, considered it a bit of a coin flip or if they thought there was one best way to go with this. I think they've got that decided. I, I did not get any hints tonight about whether it's going to happen quickly or be more of a slow build. I think nobody wants to sit through uh, another Becky, I'm sorry, uh, that that hasn't been that bad, uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks uh, for six months of will they or won't they. And with Charlotte and Becky doing a little bit of that on SmackDown too, part of me is just like, yeah, pull the band-aid. Let's get this over with. Have Dean cost Seth the IC title at SummerSlam. Reveal that this new look has something behind it in terms of a change in attitude, a change in perspective. Don't let us get used to cheering the guy who looks like this. Have him show up. And by the way, fans are super excited to see him. So um, you want somebody when they turn heel to to tear fans' hearts out of their chest because they're upset. Uh, And and so a heel turn here, I think, could work if it's quick. Uh, Jason, what's your vote uh, and how strongly do you feel about it? I'm sort of in the middle. I could. I don't want it to play out too long, but I don't want it to happen at SummerSlam. Um, you know, I said a while ago that Dean Ambrose, his fuel for turning on Seth Rollins would be that he never really forgave Seth Rollins for what he did to the Shield. And my argument is that Dean Ambrose, when he turns on Seth, Seth cannot see it coming, and neither can us. So, because when Seth turned on the Shield, no one saw it coming. And, you know, Dean Ambrose can talk about, like I said, how we never really forgave Seth because Seth, if you go back from a storyline point of view, Seth gave Ambrose an opportunity to hit him in the back and Seth turned his back and said, listen, get it out of the way, do what you have to do. But Ambrose couldn't do it. And Ambrose could say, look, the reason I didn't do it is because you knew it was coming. I'm not going to hit you in the back when you knew it was coming. I'm going to do it when you don't know it's coming like you did to us. So I think... That's where they've got to go with the storyline. And I think I'll play it in the middle. I don't want it to happen at SummerSlam, but I would like to see it happen quickly and on a big moment on Raw like they did with The Shield. Yeah. I, I First of all, I, well, not second, I guess I'll say second of all because I already talked about it a little bit. I don't think there's only one right way to do this. And, and, and mm. because you have what you have with Seth and Dean are characters that fans are invested in and that they care about and who play their roles well. I trust Dean implicitly as a heel to to be effective whether he turns at SummerSlam or the next night on Raw or three or six or eight weeks later and I I trust that too I think Seth has really found himself as a performer I think he knows who he is now and so 
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't have uh, a strong... I don't have a feeling that, oh, man, they're going to screw it up if they don't do it now. Like, I felt that way about Seth coming back from his injury and that he should have been a babyface because fans just... Totally wanted to see that, um, you know, what, what over two years ago. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think with Dean that uh, that the fans' cheers should cause WWE in this case to to shy away from turning him. I think they could use a top heel, and yeah, with that new look, I I, I think it gives a chance for Dean to gives Dean a chance to reframe himself. He's so good on the microphone when he's owning the ring, and that zany character this is where the new look can help is, is he got a little zany where it was hard to kind of take him seriously as mm. anything, but kind of a clown and a sidekick, a main event clown and sidekick, but not the guy who's going to headline a pay-per-view, a guy who's going to be third from the top perennially, this new look and being gone this long does give him a chance to represent himself differently. I'll give you an update. We have uh, 250 votes in on Twitter at PW Torch, by the way. Hope you all follow follow us at PW Torch on Twitter. And in our instant poll on Dean Ambrose's look, I just put it up at the start of the show and we already got over 250 votes. 68% thumbs up, 24% not sure yet, only 8% thumbs down. So uh, a good number of people, about one in four with me, just not quite sure yet. Uh, most people with you, Jason, giving it that thumbs up. Mm hmm. I think there's some really funny there's some really funny comments on Twitter about Ambrose's look. I just did a search for Ambrose and well, you know, people are saying, you know, he's he's looking like a divorced dad and all these type of things. Okay. There's some really funny comments, but from what I'm from what I'm seeing here, a lot of people are saying I like this new serious looking Dean Ambrose. So I think people see the potential in him as a top heel that can be taken seriously with this new look and a potential new attitude. I am pretty sure that Dean Ambrose will not know what anybody says about him on Twitter. Good. And that's yes. what I've always liked about him. I love the fact he's not on social media. Everyone's out there putting their life out there and talking about what they're doing and what they're reading and what they've gone to the gym. What I've always liked about Dean Ambrose is that he's kept things a mystery. So we don't really know what he's about in real life. Therefore, the only real um, interpretation we have of him is what we see on TV. And that's what I've always liked about him. It'd be hilarious if, if, if he turns heel and he just turns into, like, Tommaso Ciampa on, on social media where he's just, like, unleashing and tearing into people and, like, just goes, you know, uses it to enhance his, his uh, heel act. I, I'm, I'm for him just staying off social media, and if that's who he wants to be at his core, more power to him. I mean, I, I got no problem with, with someone deciding they're not, they're not going to get their, uh, their self-esteem out of, out of hearts and likes on social media. Uh, that said, it, it is a tool that he could suddenly start using as a heel, which, which for people who have 
wished he was on social media would be kind of, kind of funny. Uh, no, no, no. Keep, keep the money. Keep the mystery alive. Keep the mystery alive. Yes. We've got our $1 VIP sale going on right now. Go to pwtorchvipinfo.com and enter coupon code DOLLARSLAM18. DOLLARSLAM18 is that coupon code. And take $9 off a VIP subscription. Get a full month of VIP membership for a dollar right now. DOLLARSLAM18 is a coupon code on our sign-up form for VIP info and a link to our sign-up form, which is mobile-friendly. Go to pwtorchvipinfo.com. It's a really cool website, both on mobile and desktop. It can be a good overview of what comes with the VIP membership. And uh, you can decide for yourself if it's worth trying us for a dollar, which includes Sunday night's post-SummerSlam roundtable podcast that I'll host exclusively for VIP members with Bruce Mitchell and Todd Martin. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com. Coupon code DOLLARSLAM18. Wrestling fans, if you're looking for a unique and entertaining way to get your wrestling podcast fixed, check out Ring Rust Radio. Ring Rust Radio uses its trademark brand of banter to cover all professional wrestling you love, including WWE, NXT, New Japan, Lucha Underground, ROH, Impact Wrestling, and more. We also hold sit-down interviews with some of the biggest names in the history of the business, such as Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, Trish Stratus, AJ Styles, and Roman Reigns. For those of you who want their wrestling with a perfect mix of serious analysis and comic relief, find Ring Rust Radio dropping every Wednesday night on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please keep us in mind when you're about to shop at Amazon. Start at pwtorch.com slash Amazon. That's pwtorch.com slash Amazon. Click on the Amazon logo on that page, and it takes you right to the Amazon homepage. But that two-second detour by starting at pwtorch.com slash Amazon means we get a commission on whatever you buy on that shopping trip. So every single time you're going to shop at Amazon, don't type in AMAZ. Stop right there and go to pwtorch.com slash Amazon. Thank you so much for your support. All right, let's go uh, next to 803. 803, thanks for holding. Please state your name and the city you're calling from. Hey, guys, this is Joseph from Columbia, South Carolina. Hey, Joseph, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I really enjoyed the Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar angle. To me, it felt a little bit like old school NWA. You know, the heels spraying the baby face in the face with something. You know, when's the last time you saw that? It feels like Vince is reaching into his bag and pulling out all the tricks he has for SummerSlam. Um, So I'm wondering, do you guys think it's going to be effective in getting Roman cheered at SummerSlam? Because he seems to be getting more cheers than he used to the last couple of weeks. Um, so do you think he's going to get cheered and does it feel like Vince is pulling out all the stops possible for SummerSlam? Uh, Jason, Vince is doing everything that he can pull out of the promoter Booker playbook to try to get Roman Reigns cheered. Um, we haven't talked about it yet, but I am curious about your thoughts on whether the, the last few weeks were worth this end point. If you think that it was planned to reach this end point, and specifically, yeah, to what Joseph just asked, is, is this working? Is, is this going to get a significant number of people at Barclays Center to cheer Reigns when without this angle they otherwise would have booed him? No. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, I don't think there I, – I think there are some people who ride the middle. That, you know, like they're, ah, just, I, I sort of see why people don't like Roman. It's kind of fun to boo him. I mean, there's you know, more than three people in the, at Barclays Center who will cheer Roman – who otherwise might have gone along and booed him. I don't think, I think the majority of people who boo Roman 
boo him not because it's a cool thing to do because but because they don't like him they just don't they don't like the vibe he gives off they don't like his demeanor they don't like what he stands for they don't like what he got in the way of that they would have rather seen and they're not gonna it's booing reigns it's also booing the idea of reigns it's booing vince for his stubbornness there's a lot of things that play with it i don't think this mm-hmm. angle is masterful as Heyman can be and and as fun as lesnar has been in his role including tonight yeah i'm, I'm with you i i don't think it's substantial changes been- no, to Joseph's point, though, I, I feel there have been more cheers in the crowd. Like, I'm sort of picking up on them. But I just think the people that might be viciously booing Roman probably aren't booing him as much. Um, but with a, with a Barclay, the Barclay Center SummerSlam crowd, that type of audience, they're not going to be going out of their way to cheer Roman Reigns. And... For me, with that angle, I was intrigued. They had me when Heyman gave him that note, when he spoke Samoan and he got Roman's attention. If he would have left it at that, they had me. I was intrigued. Then they lost me. And yeah, if, that was that, any, yeah. if that was any other type of babyface, that would have worked. But to me, the intrigue was more in what's going to happen at SummerSlam. Will Roman Reigns take up Paul Heyman's invitation? This is intriguing. This is saying I'm looking forward to it. Adds intrigue to the match. But now, because it played out like a typical angle, I've lost all intrigue. I didn't want this to be a ruse. I wanted there to be intrigued. I wanted to find out the answer at SummerSlam. Now, perhaps something might happen. We don't know what was written on the note. I mean, I love Paul mm-hmm. Heyman's genius re- talking about, you know, speaking in Samoan and all, almost trying to reference himself as a son of the Samoan family, you know, the way he sort of played into that. It's yes. almost if to say, you know, I'm accepted like you, Roman. I mean, there's so much genius in the way that he presents things and the way he frames things. But there was far more intrigue with just handing the note, Heyman walking out of the ring, and Haynes, and Reigns thinking about it. And, and that's where I think this angle was just, the last few weeks, was all just to build sympathy for Roman, to set up a situation where... Heyman sprays Roman in the eyes, Lesnar beats him down, and we're supposed to feel bad that Heyman took us for a ride. I think if this is where they were going, it makes sense that you would have Reigns be smart to it. And Reigns at the beginning of the promo saying, you know, hey, you did a, uh, um, you, you cried on cue, I think was his exact line. You cried on cue, and that was impressive. Like, if Reigns is going to get fooled, not fooled. If Reigns are going to get turned on by Heyman, so to speak, if Reigns, if Heyman's going to you know be insincere, you want the baby face to be in on it and not be a sucker and a sap and a fool. So they covered their base there, but it took some of the some of the uh, I was going to say the sting away, but that's too that's almost a pun um, it, from from you know when Heyman sprayed <laughs> Reigns and I try to avoid puns, um, but it took some you're just of, trying to put a bit of salt and pepper on it, aren't you? <laughs> yes. So I think had Reigns not said that and bought more into Heyman and saying you know like hey Paul uh, uh, you know I'm usually skeptical of you but you know I, I sort of almost felt bad for you last week because Lesnar spartaned up to your act and you know uh, you know you're, you live that act you live that 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 fraudulent con man life and there was a moment there last week where i felt bad for you when it all came crashing down but then i got over it like something like that where reigns is getting us to believe what maybe we believed the last two weeks which is it's over with Heyman and lesnar and so by saying it was he cried on cue it took something away from Heyman then turning because it was like well reigns should have seen it coming more because he was skeptical at the beginning. So the bright side is he wasn't con. But sort of the downside is he 
should have had his guard up. You know, I mean, so when he was reading that note, he let his guard down and Heyman took advantage of it. And it's one thing if, you know, you just like everyone else, you bought into Heyman's acting, but Reigns didn't buy it and he still let his guard down. So in a way, being smart to it backfired uh, in terms of how I think some fans might feel about him getting turned on in the end, which is, well, you should have seen it coming, Roman. Yeah, and I'm more forgiving of him because when Heyman spoke in Samoa and I sort of got Roman's attention. So, I, I don't know. I just I would have been more intrigued if they just would have left with the note. But are we also meant to believe that, you know, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman faked the whole thing where, where Lesnar grabbed Heyman and he was speaking to him, you know, in frustratingly backstage? Was that all a ruse? Because the way WWE are trying to frame it, and if you listen to Corey Graves, who is the mouthpiece for Vince McMahon, he was saying, we all got duped. So he's trying to frame all of us as part of Roman Reigns as if to say, well, Reigns got fooled and we got fooled too. We all got fooled. You know, they're trying to make us all together one with Roman Reigns. I just like the intrigue of going into SummerSlam not knowing what's going to happen. That's that's a big hook for me. But now it's gone. And I reckon the crowd would have been more intrigued in it, into it because this whole thing, Wade, they've done everything they possibly can to get Roman Reigns to be cheered. They've denigrated Brock Lesnar. They've made it seem like People don't even want Brock Lesnar to get pinned for the championship. They just want that title off him. Yeah. If they stripped him off that title and had a tournament, it wouldn't matter anymore. A year or so ago, a pin over Brock Lesnar would have been worth an enormous amount. It could have set up careers like a Samoa Joe, like a Braun Strowman, like a Seth Rollins. Now, if the visual of Roman Reigns pinning Brock Lesnar means absolutely nothing because they've gone out of their way to say that Brock Lesnar is the worst champion ever. So now it's just a matter of getting that championship off him. And who cares if we get the visual of the pin? The actual visual of the pin, which could have meant something and should have meant something after Lesnar defeated Undertaker at WrestleMania 30, it's practically worth nothing now. Yeah, Kurt Angle standing in the ring and calling him the worst. Did he say the worst universal champion of all time? Because that's a pretty short list. Um, no, I think, yeah, but the, the point is there. The point you know what I'm there, trying yeah. to say? No, the no, totally. Is totally. It is. And to have Angle as a babyface just to get Reigns over, taking away a lot of what it would have meant. Like, for for Angle to, you know, to say Lesnar could have been, like, just to add, like, Lesnar could have been the greatest of all time if he cared to show up and was a fighting champion. And, and he's going to go down as the most underachieving, uh, you know, universal champion of all time or something like that. But to say the worst... It does take away some of uh, takes away a pretty good chunk of what Reigns could gain from beating him, but then you have the whole Reigns problem. How much would he gain, or do people just see it as oh, it's been shoving him down our throats? I don't think it would have been too late, and I've said this <laughs> for Seth Rollins to gain a lot from being the guy who who was taking on Lesnar at SummerSlam and beating him. I, I don't think you have to erase the last six weeks of bearing Brock, but if if you had Seth set up as the guy challenging and then beating Brock to end Brock's WWE run in your Universal Championship reign, I think Seth still would have gained a lot from it. And fan, I mean, the way fans reacted to Seth coming out and announcing Dean, I mean, you just imagine how mm-hmm. behind Seth they would be if he were going into SummerSlam at Barclays Center and went out there and, and delivered the stomp and then a second stomp, and then a third stomp, and then puts his hand, rolls Lesnar over, puts his hand on his chest. The ref counts to two. Seth takes no chances, hooks the leg, leans in. The ref counts three. Building explodes, and now you've got momentum going into the fall. And instead, they've they've battled this headwind and used everything they could with Paul Heyman 
And I'm with you. I mean, three or four people in Barclays might cheer him who would have booed him. I don't think it's much more than that. And I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. So I, I, I don't think it's zero, but I don't think it's more than three or four people. I, I think the die was cast. The cement had hardened. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And people feel the way they do about them. And Vince... People who boo Reigns know what Vince is doing to try to get them to cheer him. They're self-aware. They're aware of it, and they're not going to buy into it. They're not going to reward him. You know what? I have to say, though, there's an evil, vicious, dark side of me that wants to see Brock Lesnar pin Reigns again just to get the reaction. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not ruling that out. I know. I'm not ruling that out. And, well, why are you not? I don't either, but I almost, I mean, usually things happen the way that if you study Vince McMahon and know how he works and read the cues on TV, understand the behind-the-scenes machinations. But, hey, we thought, well, he didn't win at SummerSlam. That was a surprise. Well, that's just so they can do it in Saudi Arabia. And they probably got paid an extra $2.3 billion to have a title change in Saudi Arabia. The the, the royal family wanted it, so they're going to do that. And then it didn't happen there. They're like, whoa, all right. So, yeah, I mean, it would be naive to not think it could happen at SummerSlam. But wh- why do you not rule it out? Because... I mean, it, it probably should have happened at WrestleMania. It could have happened at Saudi Arabia. Who knows? Who knows? I, I don't know what Brock Lesnar's contract situation is. I mean, apparently this is his last match. Who knows? Like, who knows anymore? It would it would not surprise me. What is if he pins Roman Reigns? Maybe Roman Reigns snaps. I think there's plenty of things up in the air. I'm just not going 100% on Roman Reigns printing Brock Lesnar because I don't want to be wrong for the 38th time. I've ruled out 38 times for me to be wrong is enough. I'm not going to be wrong a 39th time. There, there is that, and, and I understand that motivation for sure. All right, uh, let's go to our next call. By the way, again, if you're on hold and you want to join the conversation in our caller segment here, just push 1 on your keypad, and that'll move you into the caller queue. You can also call us right now, 347-215-8558. Let's go next to 814, and then uh, 828, you're on deck. Uh, 814, thanks for holding. State your name and where you're calling from. This is Ryan from Cumberland, Maryland. Hey, Ryan, what's on your mind? Uh, my question is about Jim Neihart. Um, my favorite Jim Neihart match is when Art Foundation beat the Bulldogs for the tag team titles on Superstars. Even then, it only lasted about three minutes. And that was a famous uh, full-fledged Danny Davis skill turn. Do you have a favorite Jim Neihart match? Uh, Jason, do you, do you have a favorite Jim Neidhart match or Jim Neidhart moment? 
Look, I really enjoyed, and I know this is an obvious answer, but I love that SummerSlam match that they had at SummerSlam 90, the, the two out of three falls when the Heart Foundation won and the, the roof blew off. And, you know, I loved the Heart Foundation. I was a big fan of them. I loved it when they wore the all pink. I mean, Hitman looked so cool, and Nightheart wearing the pink. I mean, he still looked tough. I, I just I loved that combination, but I'm, I'm going to go with the obvious um, I will go with that SummerSlam 90 match where they uh, took on the three men of uh, Demolition. Yeah, I, I don't have a singular match. I was a big fan of the Heart Foundation. I mean, I really liked what they contributed and how they were kind of that odd couple tag team. Like Jesse Ventura and Adrian Adonis were instead of the bookend tag team where it's two guys who are of similar style. I really liked the dynamic with Brett and Jim. Uh, Jim is the the beer-bellied brawler with a goatee and the laugh and Brett with the slick back hair and the 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 toned the, the muscle tone and the, the more athlete approach to things and I, I mean it was a I watched them in real time start to finish in their run in, in the WWF and attended a lot of WWF house shows during their their run as as sometimes opening match and sometimes a lot more than that and I really uh, was a fan of them I I, I have memories of Jim Neidhart sitting at the hotel bar at the old Marriott, well, it's still there, but the Marriott across from the Met Center in Bloomington, Minnesota, and he was in character all the time. He would sit in that bar and look out in the hallway at the family and the families and the kids hanging out, wanting autographs, and he would just look at them, kick back in his chair with a beer in his hand and just laugh, just point and laugh at them, be in character, but not not in a way where you thought it was kind of like mean, and or it was just sort of like in character, and it was kind of a fun thing that he, I thought it was a... a in, a way to honor his character, to, to, to not break character for the fans, because there are plenty of other baby faces, you know, handing out autographs and smiling and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I feel just terrible for Natalia and the whole family. I mean, my heart goes out to, to all of them for, for what they're going through. 63 years old is way too young. Um, but, but, I mean, Neidhart did other things in wrestling, but the Hart Foundation, um, it, was a, it was a big part of launching Bret Hart to the next level as an IC title level guy and then a, a WWF title level wrestler. And, and Neidhart and Bret had really cool chemistry uh, together, uh, both on their ring entrance and with their double team moves and on promos too. And- and let's not forget, I thought Neidhart was, uh, you know, a fairly crucial part of Owen's Hart act when he turned heel in 94. Yep. You know, just as the backup for Owen Hart. And then uh, you had Neidhart and Owen up against Brett and the Bulldog. I, I like the fact, you know, because they had told that whole story at King of the Ring 94 yep. where um, Neidhart was instrumental in Brett keeping the title so Owen could be the one to take it from him. And, and I like that story. Yes, I, absolutely. I mean, that was the that was another another chapter of his career, or another segment of his career that that was really valuable. So, um, yeah, just really sad news this morning hearing that. All right, let's go to five hundred two. Five hundred two. Please state your name and where you're calling from. I'm Nick calling from Louisville, Kentucky. Hey, thanks for calling, Nick. What's in your mind? Um, on this Roman Brock angle, I've just got a I've got a theory that maybe whoever wins between. The, for the money in the bank briefcase, yeah, Braun or KO. I don't think Roman leaves there with that belt, even if he wins it. I think somebody cashes in that night, and if Brock wins, I still think somebody cashes in. I think that belt goes to whoever wins that money in the bank match. See, that's interesting. What's thoughts on that? Yeah, no, no, uh, Jason, that's really interesting too because mm-hmm. there's a possibility that that Brock beats Roman, but Brock still is done. And that someone else cashes in. Is there a scenario that you can play out where 
that makes sense. It works. Uh, it works for everybody, and it propels things forward. Definitely. I mean, I can definitely see Brock <laughs> pinning Roman again and then Strowman coming out. I could also see Strowman coming out if he was to retain the money in the bank against Kevin Owens and it turning into a three-way. I mean, who's to say that? I mean, that could happen. Then I can also see a scenario where Roman um, pins Lesnar and then Lesnar snaps and then Kevin Owens, who happened to win the, the, the briefcase off Braun Strowman, he comes out. I mean, there's plenty of scenarios that we can play out, and that's when WWE is at its best, I believe, when they have multiple scenarios moving forward into a big pay-per-view where a lot of people can think of different things that will happen. I just think there would have been a lot more intrigue if we were left hanging. Is Paul Heyman going to be in Roman Reigns' corner? What's going to happen there? I, I think we're in for a, uh, for a fun week, week and a half here, uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, for sure. Um, I do want to note, uh, Johnny Fairplay attended tonight, uh, Raw tonight. He'll be with me tomorrow on the Wake Other Processing post show following SmackDown. We'll certainly talk about SmackDown. We'll do a final overview. Not final, but we'll do an overview of the, uh, the SummerSlam lineup and the hype uh, focused on the SmackDown side of things. But we'll also get Johnny's take on, on attending the show tonight. But we do have McClellan coming up after our break with a... Uh, uh, an on-site correspondent conversation. So we look forward to that. And we're going to break away so we can get to McClellan in just a moment. So uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us here on Segment 1. And join us tomorrow live if you are downloaded the show and you're listening back to it. Uh, stream, stream the show live tomorrow at wadekellerpostshow.com. And you can also call and join the caller conversation on that part of the program. So, uh, Jason, we'll be back right after this with our on-site correspondent. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The Sala Monster sounds off. Mundo goes to leave, and Taya says, wait, aren't you going to put any pants on? He just goes, no time for pants, and he walks off. That also happens to be Randy Orton's philosophy in life. My philosophy, too. You see, you don't know if I'm wearing pants right now or not, do you? You can't see. I could be wearing nothing right now for all you know. No time for pants. The Sala Monster sounds off. Since 2007, The Salamonster Sounds Off. Available at thesalamonster.com, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, and more. All right, we're now on the uh, next segment of the show here. We're joined by our on-site correspondent, McClellan, calling from Greensboro, North Carolina, attending Raw tonight, the final episode before SummerSlam for Raw. Uh, McClellan, thanks for taking time to talk to us about your experience tonight. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Big fan of the show. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Jason, of course, from Australia, still still with us here. Um, uh, Jason, jump in, uh, or I'll certainly throw to you, too. Uh, so, McClellan, let's let's start off with uh, the, the crowd reaction to uh, Dean Ambrose when he came out and, and how you would evaluate or rank or describe the intensity of that moment, not only when he came out, but also when it was pretty clear from Seth yeah, my travel issues were trying to pick up Dean. He yeah. said it in so many words, and the crowd is like, yeah. Talk, talk about what it was like to be in the building right. for that. Yeah, man. So I would say that tied with Braun Strowman, that was definitely the pop of the night. And I would say it's only tied because Braun's a hometown guy. It's definitely the pop of the night. But it's kind of given away just because Seth was alluding to it with the whole travel issues. So we all knew it was coming, but it didn't take away from the pop. It was still a, a great eruption, and we actually got to see him in action in the dark match. It was a four-man tag in the dark match, and uh, I can talk about that later if you'd like. But uh, So we got to see him in action, and he looks a lot bigger. So it doesn't look like he just rehabbed. It looks like he worked out a lot. 
Uh, he kind of looked like he was already healed. If you ask me with the shaved head, uh, so I kind of dig the new look, but he's definitely a lot bigger. And I didn't see any ring rust. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell with his unorthodox style, but he looked good. But man, the crowd was into it. It was probably one of the, the biggest pops of the night. Well, we're deep into it, so let's let's talk about the dark match. There's no set order here. Um, talk about who all yeah. was involved and and how Dean acted and how he played to the crowd and reacted to Seth and all that. Yeah, yeah. talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So um, after Raw went off, it was Dean and Seth kind of standing tall after they hit their finishers. Uh, and Constable Corin, which is a stupid character, but him and Kevin Owens came out uh, to kind of check on uh, McIntyre and Ziggler. And they kind of surrounded the ring, shield style, if you would, uh, to try to jump the two. And before they could get in, bronze music hit and Finn came behind. They all joined uh, Seth and Dean in the ring. Uh, and then the bell rang, so no one announced it. The bell just rang. It's going to be a four-man tag. Uh, and so it was a pretty good, it's maybe a seven, eight-minute match. Everyone got their high spots in. Uh, actually, before Dean tagged in, he was rubbing his elbows. So we were kind of freaked out, thinking like, Maybe this is a Sami Zayn thing where he came back and got too excited and re-injured himself. Yeah, yeah. So even saw Braun Strowman talking to him and Balor on the ring apron kind of asking about his elbow. But once he got in, it didn't seem like he was hurt at all. He even kind of pointed to his elbow, went to the top rope, hit an, a top-of-the-rope elbow to test it, and he hit the, uh, the dirty deeds to, to win the, the dark match. But it was, a, it was a fun dark match, sent the crowd home happy. But I would say even the, the four faces, they took more time signing autographs and taking pictures than the dark match even than it even lasted. But it was a lot of fun. It was a good way to send the crowd home happy. See, that's just mean if they if Dean was selling that he might have already hurt his elbow again. Uh, just, it kind of was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't do that to us. Just but he's a lunatic, right? He's a lunatic. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, but still, let the fans enjoy it without worrying about him being having having a major setback. <laughs> Um, so, I, yeah. so, so based on the way the crowd reacted to Dean, you, you, you kind of said, hey, it seems kind of like you might be heel with this look. Um, it, it, does it seem like a crowd that if he turned heel would just be outraged, but in the way that you want people to be outraged at a heel turn? Or do, do, you, do, you react, do you kind of react to the crowd reaction? Or is your assessment of the crowd reaction to him, don't turn him. He's too mm-hmm. popular. You, you're blowing major merchandise and a top baby face, find somebody else to turn. Like, what's your reaction after sitting in that crowd tonight? So, I guess from the crowd reaction, when anyone returns, whether you love them or hate them, when you hear the music, I think you're going to pop. But from my point of view, and the, I'm with two buddies that we went with, KO and Caleb, and we all love the show, but we were talking like, he's better as a heel anyway. So, I think the crowd was excited to see him come back. But we're kind of hoping he turns on Seth at SummerSlam, because I think he's way better as a heel, personally. And so I don't think that we'd mind it. I'm not sure how much merch he sells in his face, but I think he would sell just as much. He's kind of even like a tweener in my mind anyways. I think he's trying to do the whole stone cold thing, but I'm not sure it would be a bad reaction if he turned heel, other than the fact people would give Seth sympathy because besides Braun and Dean, he was definitely the highest pop tonight as well. I mean, Seth is, in my opinion, the most over guy in the company, so people might not like Dean for that reason, but I think they kind of would prefer to see him as a heel, at least I would. So I, I don't think the crowd reaction shows that they prefer him as a face. I think they were just kind of happy to see him back because he is such a, a nutball of a character. So I don't know. We'll see. Personally, I prefer if he turns. Well, we, we asked uh, on Twitter if people liked his new look. Uh, 70% with 420 votes in. 
Uh, there's a joke there somewhere. I uh, gave it a thumbs up. 21%, not sure yet. Yeah. <laughs> 9% thumbs down. Uh, how did you feel about it? Uh, are you not sure yet, or do, do, do you like it, whether he turns or stay, or whether he turns heel or stays face? I mean, I, I think it's cool. One thing I did notice, again, is he looks a lot bigger. So out of the guys in the shield, you know, Seth was always a crossfit guy, super cut up, and Roman was huge, and Dean was just kind of like, he looks like he could be someone walking on the street, you know, just crazy. And this time around, shoulders were bigger, arms were bigger, even pulled his shirt off after the dark match, and he has a chest now. So he definitely looks a lot bigger. So, I mean, I, I, I like that look. It looks like he wasn't just rehabbing. He was really working hard to get back. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I appreciate that as a fan. But yeah, the, the shaved head kind of look, it kind of does look more, I guess, heel to me. But I don't think it really affects his character one way or another since he is so, you know, crazy. That's kind of his thing, right? Whether he's a crazy face or a crazy heel, I, I dig it. Uh, Jason, you have anything? Yeah, I just want to talk about McCallan, um, Ronda Rousey's reaction right at the beginning. You guys treated yeah. her. She deserves to be treated like an absolute star. Um, on TV, it came across like a massive reaction. What was it like in the arena? Yeah. It was great. It was great, especially, I mean, she got the big pop because I think we were all wondering how she would do in the WWE. And even Kurt Angle said in a recent interview that she reminds him of him because she's a natural, right? And so she got a big pop. But especially when we figured out why she was out there, giving an ovation to, to Jim and shout out to Natty. Like, we just really, really appreciate her because it's not like a big name who just wants to play WWE. We see that she puts in the work. She's a natural. She wants to be there. And the fact that she, she may have even asked to do that, we just have total respect for her. And quite frankly, we love her because even in her um, in-ring action tonight, we're almost worried for the competitors like Alicia Fox. It, it almost doesn't look like a work. It looks like she's shoot judo in these girls. So, I mean, she's a, she's a monster, and it's fun to see her in person. But, yeah, the crowd definitely shows their love and respect for her because she's a natural, man. We dig it. Yeah, and when she throws those judo throws on Alicia Fox, because Alicia Fox has those really long legs, and, you know, yeah. when she throws her over, it looks it looks very dramatic. And, you know, and, and I love that look. You know, to me, Ronda Rousey has – she has going for her what Brock Lesnar had going for him when he first came right. back in 2012. Anything could happen. Body parts are going everywhere. We obviously want everyone sure. to be safe. We want everyone to be safe, but it's like you can't turn your eyes off the screen because you don't know what's going to happen. And she's got that. Yeah. It's like an awesome erraticness to her. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's legitimate. It's legitimate. You, you really like kind of wonder about the safety of these girls because it looks, it's, it's like a stiff worker. But, man, it's, it's fun to see in person, too. 
I think you got the nickname for Ronda Rousey instead of Rowdy. It's the awesomely erratic Ronda Rousey, Jason. <laughs> well, I'm like trying it. to be. It's, it's 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 a compliment. It, overall, it's a compliment. I Put agree. It that way. I, I, I agree. I mean, I totally agree. Uh, McClellan, uh, how about Roman Reigns? Um, t- talk about the crowd reaction, Joe. I know the first time he appeared on the big screen, we yeah. got some boos. Um, when he stood in the ring, there were some chants. So, you know, there were signs of that. Uh, how, just talk about whether you think it worked, what they did tonight, and, and how the crowd reaction to Reigns stayed the same or shifted based on how he was presented sure. and what was going on. I can honestly say he is the most polarizing character they have because when he came out, it was like a 50-50 cheers and boos, almost a little bit more on the cheer side, honestly, when he came out because I think people are sick of Brock Lesnar, so that's not just storyline, that's real. But everyone stood up. like So there were some parts where people would cheer, even for the high pops for Ambrose. I noticed when Roman Reigns came out, everyone got up, whether you got up to boo him or whether you got up to cheer him. He is getting the biggest reaction overall, and maybe that's why Vince is keeping up with it. We don't know, because I have to say, that was, in my opinion, the worst segment. I'm not sure if you guys have talked about it yet, but it makes no sense. It makes no sense that Brock would physically hurt Heyman when we get this interview where he's bruised up and crying, and then he comes out. And I even thought, like, as a fan, you're thinking this could be cool because he mentions the Usos, and then he talks in, you know, the Samoan language. It's almost like maybe he's trying to set up a new nation of domination. Like maybe this is real. And then just to mace the guy in the face and thinking it makes no sense. It almost makes you think that Vince changes his mind every morning because I don't understand the whole point of that angle. It kind of let us down as fans. And in the car, I'm, I've got a Roman Reigns hater, a Roman Reigns fan, and I'm kind of in between. And we're all kind of confused because this whole storyline doesn't seem to make sense because – Moving on from Roman Reigns, he was polarizing, right? He had 50-50. But I would almost even say after Brock's music hit, there was an instant pop just because, wow, he's actually here, which is a surprise, right? But as soon as he came out, it was all booze. The fans really do not like him. I don't even think they care if he gets pinned. I think they just want the belt off of him. I think Mm -hmm. they just want it off of him and have this thing over with. And so I don't think people are going to be cheering for Roman, but they're certainly not going to be cheering for Brock. Well, and that's the problem they're going to have is is if fans cheer at Barclays Center, it, how much of that cheering, whatever percentage or cheering, what percent of the cheers are for Roman yeah. versus just let's get this thing over with finally? We don't because I think people and Jason mentioned this in saying what people I think are living in fear of the fact that maybe we're going to get Reigns and Lesnar again, like that this won't end. Um, that that yeah. Reigns, you know, like I think there's a fear not that Reigns will not win because they want him to win, but that he won't win, which means we're going to get another chapter in this story that people don't want to see. And then no matter how people feel about the title change, if people are elated that finally Lesnar's in the rearview mirror and he can go to UFC and now the belt will be on TV every week. Remember, the, the way Angle phrases it is, we want the Universal title back on Raw every week. He didn't say, I want Reigns to right. be Universal champion. It's about the title sure. being on Raw every week. Well, Braun Strowman or Kevin Owens can win the title. Kevin Owens can, by the way, through a fluke, win the, win the money in the bank, cash in, and then go, hey, Kurt Angle, I got your wish. I'm here every week. Every week, Kurt. Yeah. I'm going to be here. So, But if Reigns wins and walks out with the championship and is the guy who defends it every week, uh, guess what? When Lesnar's gone and Heyman's gone, if Heyman is gone, 
they got a Roman Reigns problem they got to deal with. Like, I don't, you don't just Correct. march him out against Kevin Owens and expect the people who booed Reigns or resented his push, uh, including those who aren't even supporting WWE because of it, who are, you know, the quiet people who are not attending crowds and booing. Uh, you still got that problem. So it, it's strange. It's going to, it's going to be fascinating to see play out on Sunday and then what they do as a follow up on, uh, on Monday. Let me mention quickly that on Interview Friday this week, Matt McCarthy is going to be joining me. It's been a long time since he's been on the show. He's an ex-WWE creative team member and the host of the We Watch Wrestling podcast. He's a professional stand-up comedian. You've probably seen him in TV commercials and didn't even know it. We're going to spend Interview Friday talking to him about SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver and get his thoughts on the weekend. A final primer and preview with some insight from somebody who worked behind the scenes in the trenches with Vince McMahon and WWE creative that's coming up on Interview Friday. And on the flagship this week, Todd Martin is going to be co-host, and we'll also talk SummerSlam, but also a wide array of other topics. You can email your questions for the flagship right now to wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. Don't forget, you will not get the Thursday flagship and Interview Friday on this feed. This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show with a red logo. you got to subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast with the blue logo to get the Thursday flagship and Interview Friday. And the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast is available in more places than ever, including at Spreaker, on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Podbay FM, Spotify, and more. Of course, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and just about any podcast app that you use on your iPhone or Android device, such as Downcast, Beyond Pod, Dogcatcher. Just search Wade Keller and subscribe to both the red logo and the blue logo. Just search Wade Keller to get all four shows that are free during the week. All right, we're back, and we're still with McClellan, our on-site correspondent who attended Ron Greensboro tonight. Uh, Jason, what have you got for McClellan? With, with that particular segment, right, the way I come across on TV, when Heyman put his hand out, because to me, Paul Heyman is the snake oil salesman, but he's our snake oil salesman. Mm-hmm. So I think <laughs> yeah. the fans, fans like Paul Heyman. He's built up that respect. Now, when he put out his hand, it seemed to me there were a few people in the audience that were saying, yes, like we want to see this intriguing development. Yeah, we want to see this intriguing development in the story. Give us something to sink our teeth into, and maybe we can sort of put the all-booing behind Roman Reigns, and he'll become an intriguing character again. Did Did it come across like that in the arena? It did, and furthermore, I think they really screwed the pooch on good storytelling. They told a good story and then instantly ruined it. And so with all the name-dropping with the Usos and saying, hey, I can help you, especially with Rock beating him up a few weeks ago in the crying interview last week, if he simply would have handed him that letter and left the ring, even if he was going to screw him at SummerSlam, it would have been like six days of I wonder if Roman's going to join him. Is this real? What's Paul going to do? And even if Paul Heyman would have screwed him, it would have made sense to get in Roman's head until after the match had begun. And so the, the, the letter was intriguing, and we were all saying yes. We were doing the Daniel Bryan yes because we thought, hey, this is something we didn't see coming. This is neat. And furthermore, the, the segment they showed where Paul Heyman in his interview said he can't beat Brock Lesnar, not this Brock Lesnar, unless that part wasn't even aired on last week's Raw. That was an extended you know, for the segment where he said unless. So it makes me wonder why would they even say unless if they were just going to screw him this time. So to me, they told a great story with this letter, whatever it said. If he just would have given it to Roman and left, that would have been great storytelling. But the whole thing doesn't make sense for him to 
just come in there. Because he, in my opinion, Paul Heyman could have come out there and talked for Roman and just said something completely different, still hit him with Mace, and Brock would have come out there and beat him up. So all the other parts of the story of Brock abusing Heyman in the interview last week seemed unnecessary if this was all that you were trying to do. Well, so, Wade, we, see what, we definitely. Go ahead. No, yeah, sorry, McKellen. I was just going to say to Wade, I see exactly what you're saying, McKellen, because you're, what you're talking about is that why why would Heyman and Lesnar go to all that trouble to sort of fake going, having a mini feud on, on, on TV backstage where Lesnar's reading mm-hmm. the, the, the comic, the, the, reading the magazine, and he's ignoring sure. Heyman, and then he'd go to the ring and choke him out. Are we meant to believe that put on this massive stunt in order to fool everyone and? Reigns because it just comes across. I mean, that's that's a bridge too far. But having said that, we, we've seen that so many times in wrestling where things play out on screen and then we're all made yeah. to look like idiots because we believe in it. But the premise is all wrong because we're meant to believe that they're deliberately faking it. You know, it's like, why are you going to all this trouble for? Yeah, and no, we've, I, we've seen Brock Lesnar. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, yeah, I think I think that the idea of. Heyman and Lesnar going to all that trouble without a just to create an entertaining storyline, it doesn't work. So you got to come up with if you're going to give this angle a thumbs up, what what's their rationale? Is the rationale there's no way that they could have gotten in a Heyman could have gotten in a position to spray Reigns' eyes and that everything was done just to so Reigns would look down at a note, take his eye off of Paul, and then Paul would spray him like is and then Lesnar can weaken him six days before their match. I mean, I you can rationalize that. But it seems like an incredibly elaborate ruse, given all the different ways that wrestlers find to attack people without going to a three-week performance like like Heyman and Lesnar. I wonder if Vince doesn't just think, yeah, I mean, he might agree with what you're saying. Yeah, there's more intrigue and more mystery in in not having Heyman turn on him, and, and we spend the next six days wondering. Vince might not want the fan base speculating that maybe Reigns would side with Heyman. He may not want that. Like, we got to put ourselves inside Vince's head. If his mission is for Roman to get cheered, he doesn't want fans, like, booing Reigns if Heyman and Lesnar are in it together. So, yeah, it's like, I could see Vince no, no, just no. going... Oh, go, yeah, go ahead, Jason. No, sorry, 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 wait, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm saying if Vince thinks that, he's got that all wrong. If anything, that's going to lead to a lot more intrigue, and people are going to be less, in my opinion, negative against Reigns because they're thinking they might see something cool happen here where Heyman sides with Reigns, right. and I think a lot of people right. want to see that. You want that intrigue. Now, well, but he doesn't want intrigue. If, he wants Reigns cheered, so frame it yeah, that but that's way. that's not going to happen. I mean, that, that's not going to happen. But I mean, he, he thinks to... it can. He thinks he can manipulate and strong-arm and persuade fans. That's what this last six weeks has been, give or take. It's but he so- has proven he's proven he's a magnificent businessman who has made hundreds of millions, now billions of dollars on a TV deal. It doesn't matter if he gets this one wrong. No one's gonna look down on his legacy. Yeah. Just park this to the side. You've got so many things that you can hang your hat on. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, McClellan. And if anything they have the they have the range problem. They could have had it solved if they'd have put Monday night Rollins in this match. I mean he's the most over guy in the company have him beat Brock, beat the monster, and then you can have him and Roman feud every Monday night. So the belt's there, Roman's there, he's in the mm-hmm. picture. I just don't understand why they don't pull the trigger on that when that's exactly what, if, if, if Vince wants an over guy, he's got it, and Seth Rollins. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's let's uh, McClellan talk about some other things that happened on Raw. What what else jumped out to you as, sure. as successful? Um, you know, we we haven't talked about uh, Ziggler and Drew's promo. Uh, we haven't talked about Constable Corbin's match, the uh, the the tag match, Bobby Lashley B team. Just kind of tell us what else worked. Sure, sure, sure. So again, Braun got probably the pop of the night. I think it is just because he's hometown. He grew up in Charles Ford, not too far from here, and so that was huge. So when they turned um, Finn's handicap match into a tag match, that was huge. That was actually we were all surprised that she got a wrestling match because it's kind of historic lately for these go home shows to be a lot of interview segments and things that aren't wrestling related. So we appreciated actually get a, a match live, and so that was that was really good. Uh, the tag team match was also good just because we got to see the revival in action, and we think they're totally underutilized. Um, I think they're actually going to be uh, fighting for the titles on Sunday in the kickoff show, but we appreciated that, so that was successful in our in our eyes. Um, guys, what else stood out to you? What was your big thing that you liked tonight? That wasn't much. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, so we, I think we'd probably say that it was a B-plus show for a go-home show. They did some surprises. We didn't expect Brock to be there. Yeah. Um, what what talk- Corbin, we're still kind of... Go ahead. Let me ask you, what, did, did you see anything locally that said Brock would be there? And then also just yeah. talk about what they did advertise. Uh, so we got an email for uh, a dark match that didn't happen, but we're thankful we got a dark match because yeah. we know that usually they advertise those things and they don't give. And so, in fact, after Raw went off, we were just assumed because Roman Reigns was supposed to be the dark match for Libel because he's supposed to be in it and he's heard clearly he's not going to do a dark match. So we were pleasantly surprised that they just interchanged the parts. But was advertised, I think it was a an eight-man tag. Um, so they just interchanged a few parts with Roman not being in it. Um, so we did get that. And we appreciated that. Uh, what, what else did you, did you ask? I'm sorry, Wade. Yeah, just I just said if there was any Lesnar advertising and what else they advertised um, that either did or did not. Yeah, help. there was no other Lesnar advertised. They did have Rousey advertised, and so we got her, and that was cool yeah. for her to kick off the show. Um, and yeah, I don't think they advertised much more, but Brock was not advertised so that was a pleasant surprise even though again even our reaction was very similar to the crowd as soon as his music hit we're like this is cool he's actually here as soon as we actually saw him we're like oh yeah we don't like this guy anymore Kurt Angle is right which I'm not I'm not I'm not sure that it's smart for the GM to say he's the worst champion ever I don't think that does very much for your champion Mm -hmm. but anyways we still kind of agree that he has kind of been the worst champion ever uh so we were happy to see him but not happy to see it Okay, guys, so let's play this out. 
So Brock Lesnar has held the title for 500 days. He's the worst. If he's the worst champion ever, then who in the hell is Roman Reigns beating? And why is it taking yeah. so long to beat this guy if he's the worst champion ever? Yeah. I mean, who, who does Roman yeah. Reigns end up beating? This is like the antithesis to what Ric Flair tried to do. Build your opponent up well, so that, you can actually beat someone. Yeah. And, and that's why I say Vince yeah. is strong-arming people into cheering Reigns. There's, he's strong-arming them in ways that are unconventional and ill-advised under any other circumstances and perhaps in these circumstances, which is just make people resent Lesnar so much that they pop for Reigns. And it, it feels kind of desperate and, you know, <laughs> yeah. to a degree unnecessary, both in a macro and micro sense. It's it's crazy. Where, did you get there on time, McClellan, for uh, the pre-Raw matches uh, usually taped for main event? We, we didn't. Uh, and I, I hate that we didn't. We were running a little behind. We got in just in time to watch Raw start. But while we were eating before Raw, I did feel in my soul that Curtis Hawkins lost another match. So I'm assuming that that happened. <laughs> okay. We'll, uh, we'll get details from someone else on that. I think you're... Uh, I think you're safe in uh, thinking that. What did not work tonight in the building? Like, was there anything that didn't work? Did did Ziggler drone on too long? Did fans yawn at Baron Corbin? Did, you know, whatever. I'm just don't let me. Yeah, talk. yeah. yeah. Actually, the, the Ziggler thing worked. I think pretty well because it almost looks like they're trying to recreate like a HBK and Diesel thing with him and him and McIntyre. And it's almost that's kind of cool. But one thing that didn't work is I don't know why Vince always does these things with. So after the Brock and Roman thing, after people are kind of hyped here and Brock come out and there's a, a highlight in the show, then he does a stiller match. And so we have, I'm not even sure if it was aired because it was so short, uh, Titus O'Neil uh, and Bobby Roode. And um, so and, uh, who else was there? Apollo versus Authors of Pain. And who was there? Paul Mojo. Yeah, Mojo. Mojo Rock, my favorite guy, I think. And Mojo. And so it just seems like it was a complete letdown. No one was into the match. It was a complete air went out of the building. And actually, the same thing happened for the Sasha uh, and the Riot Squad match. I mean, normally those are two popular acts, Sasha and Bailey, but it just seemed like the crowd was dead. And so I'm not sure if it was match placement or because they were so looking forward to I know on our end, they built up this um, contract signing. And again, Seth is so over. Maybe I'm biased because he's one of my favorites. We were so looking forward to the main event contract signing that those two matches in particular, it seemed like after a high moment, there was just nothing during that, that three-man match between Mojo and them and also with the Sasha um, and um, the Riot Squad match. So that wasn't – that didn't work on our end, and the whole building was dead. Lots of people were walking around, lots of bathroom breaks. I can remember those two in particular. Uh, Jason, do you have anything else you want to ask McClellan? I uh, just want a quick one, McClellan. From what you could see, who was popular as far as merchandise was concerned? Well, who was wearing who? Uh, once again, I think it's due to him being from North Carolina, lots of bronze shirts. Uh, then we had lots of uh, Roman shirts. And I, we were actually having that conversation as we were walking to the car. Like, you know, as much as we don't like how Roman's being portrayed, the dude sells merch. And so the kids are buying the action figures and the ladies are buying the shirts. And so... As many comparisons as there are to him and John Cena, that's one of them. The dude sells merch, and he is, I guess, reliable. He does show up for, for big matches, and so I could see that. Again, he was the most, probably the biggest overall reaction, not the biggest pop and not the biggest boo. If you would actually, actually, what got the biggest boo, it's kind of funny. The biggest boo of the night was an XFL commercial in between the matches. So I guess you guys didn't see that, but while we were in the <laughs> arena, they, they did an XFL match, and it got booed. So that oh, was pretty funny. funny. But 
But yeah, Roman's merch is there. Bronze merch is pretty, pretty big. Balor and Rollins, I'd say those are the, probably the, the four biggest merch shirts that I saw. Would you uh, pay for your tickets? Where'd you sit? And is everyone happy with how that worked out? Absolutely, yes. We paid about 60 bucks for our tickets, but we were the very first row off the floor. And nice. so which is, we, we just say, man, if you're not first or second row on the floor, why be on the floor? Because you can't see. So we were right off the floor, so about, I'd say, 60 feet from the ring. So didn't have to look up at the screen at all. We had great seats. We were very happy with our value. Awesome. Well, McClellan, anything else, uh, any final notes you want to share uh, from the experience, or is that about cover it? Uh, no, we had a great time, and I really appreciate you letting me do this. I enjoy watching your podcast. I'm about to move overseas. So I'm going to get a VPN <laughs> so I can go VIP. Well, well, good. I, 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 we had a lot of volunteers for Greensboro, and, and the fact that – so first of all, thanks, Greensboro, for – for so many of you volunteering to be on the show today, but you saying you're about to move overseas and this was your last chance to be an outside course yeah. swayed me. So uh, I I'm that. glad I did. Absolutely. Now everyone's going to say they're moving overseas just to be on the show. So don't try it, people. I'm <laughs> on you. Uh, yeah, don't try. And plus, we're moving overseas because we're going to go share the good news of Jesus. So that's the that's the real reason right there. <laughs> where where what where are you moving? Well, we're moving to the Middle East, and that's about as much as I can say. I really well, apologize, but our okay. organization has said for security reasons, yeah. But thank I'll you so it. much. This has been just a pleasure to talk to you, man. And definitely, I'll get the VPN so I can go VIP. Thank you very much, McClellan. Really appreciate it. All the best, McClellan. Have a great night, Wade. Yeah, good, safe travels. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. You bet. We've got our $1 VIP sale going on right now. Go to pwtorchvipinfo.com and enter coupon code... Dollar Slam 18. Dollar Slam 18 is that coupon code. And take $9 off a VIP subscription. Get a full month of VIP membership for a dollar right now. Dollar Slam 18 is a coupon code on our sign up form for VIP info and a link to our sign up form, which is mobile friendly. Go to pwtorchvipinfo.com. It's a really cool website, both on mobile and desktop. It can be a good overview of what comes with a VIP membership. And uh, you can decide for yourself if it's worth trying us for a dollar, which includes Sunday nights post-SummerSlam Roundtable podcast that I'll host exclusively for VIP members with Bruce Mitchell and Todd Martin. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com, coupon code DOLLARSLAM18. All right, we're back for the mailbag segment of the program covering the August 13th, 2018 edition of Raw. By the way, follow me on social media at the Wade Keller. At the Wade Keller. You can follow our brand at PW Torch on Twitter. That also works for Instagram at PW Torch. And on Facebook, Facebook.com slash PW Torch. And of course, visit our main website, PWTorch.com. You can read my raw report every Monday night as the show airs. My SmackDown report. You can read my report on uh, SummerSlam Sunday night. We uh, today put up flashbacks to Raw from 5, 10, and 15 years ago. I always love pulling the, pulling those out of the archives and, and just the time markers of what was going on, who was on the show, who's gone, what the big storylines were, Cena, Batista, Hype, Punk in the mix, uh, Vince McMahon's appearances on TV, Eric Bischoff 15 years ago. So check those out on PWTorch.com, too. You can If you enjoy hearing what I have to say about Raw and SmackDown during the week, you can see what I was saying about Raw 5 years ago, 10 years ago, and 15 years ago at pwtorch.com. Plus, breaking news, special editorials from a great team of contributors. Uh, Zach Haydorn doing his alternate perspective coverage of Raw 
on uh, Monday nights, on and on. Just some uh, some great features updated every single day. So if you haven't created that tab or that uh, home screen button on your phone for pwtorch.com, uh, give it a try and visit every day. There's always new content to uh, uh, keep you up to date on what's going on and give you some points of view on those happenings and some perspective and history, too. Uh, Jason, uh, do you want people to follow you on social media, or are you going to be Dean Ambrose and, and just say no? You know, I've thought about it. I've pretty much gone rid of all my social media except Twitter, and I don't really go out of my way to tweet, but if people tweet at me, I will respond. Ah. So that's uh, JasonD318. Because I figure, wait, I'm not a, I really got much to say, you know, so I'll put <laughs> something out there if I've got nothing to say. I like that you save it for the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post show. That's all I use it for. If it wasn't for this, I'd get rid of it. And, you know, if I wasn't on social media, then I wouldn't exist. <laughs> That's right. Yes. You and I are, are share those share some of those similar thoughts. Um, but, no, I appreciate you sharing what you think about WWE for this show. Because you certainly have a lot to say, but it's nice that you say it here and not, not out there in social media escape. Well, you could do it there, too. It would be fine. Many people do. I'm not really anti-social media as much as anti wrestlers showing too much of themselves on social media in a way that's counterproductive just because they want the hearts and the likes and stuff. And that's kind of my main rant. Although social media can be a little consuming too to some people, but it's also... It can be. I, it, can, it can become addictive. Like You become addicted. You know, how many likes am I getting? How many replies am I getting? Why aren't people liking me enough? Yeah. I love Ambrose the way he does it. He doesn't know. He doesn't want to care. Even his profile on Twitter said, they made me get a Twitter. Fine, enjoy. And it's like some old picture of him from 10 years ago. Again, that's brilliant. <laughs> it is, yep, yep. All right, well, let's go to uh, email. I just got lots of good emails here, uh, looks like, from all the subject lines. Let's start with uh, Kevin D., who said, Roman Reigns, again, looked like a bully tonight. Would it have killed him to crack a smile and say, good job, guys, or give a casual fist bump to the well-liked B team? Lord knows he could use a little rub from them. He constantly comes off like everyone is beneath him. Gotcha. Do you have thoughts? Uh, go VIP. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I thought the same thing. I just don't get <laughs> why who's instructing Roman or what his own instincts are to look at B team. I mean, I get the idea that well, B team are are enthusiastic, innocent. Um, they're fun loving, and that's supposed to be something that cool people who are on the main event ridicule. Like I, I just don't get it. I. I yeah, it'd be nice for Reigns to loosen up and be like, hey, way to go, guys, and just give him a high five and kind of smile along and, and seem like you're having fun. I, I totally agree with Duncan on that. I agree. And I like the way Duncan phrased that. Wouldn't it be nice, you know, Roman could do with the rub from the B team. Yeah, totally, but he could. <laughs> that's like, that's that part I of, I think people would warm up. That, like, the way to get people to ro- warm up to Roman isn't what Vince McMahon is doing. It's having Roman seem like a more accessible like light-hearted, less judgmental, less too cool for school human being, and who's enjoying himself. Like I just, uh, just Roman just seems like somebody who's who's showing up to work under protest, like doing it for the money and for the, like I don't know. It's just like it's still sort of there, and I don't. I want to make this. What was his line? I, I want to leave this place better than when I arrived. It's like this obligation to like you know do what he's doing, and it's like just have some joy. Like there's no joy to his job. He's never shows joy on camera and the B team should be something that lightens his heart a little bit. So, but if he's turning heel, he's doing it all doing it totally right. <laughs> so maybe, maybe there's hope in that, but probably not. You know, with this whole storyline with Roman Wade, the one person and with less than the way they're talking about him, the one person who has benefited the most from this is Ronda Rousey. 
because Ronda Rousey is the MMA outsider who actually wants to be there, has embraced the fans, is a worthy competitor compared to Brock Lesnar. I reckon that has helped tremendously. I don't think it's going to get Roman Reigns over, but what it has done is I think it's made Ronda Rousey even more popular with the fans. I think she would have been popular with her performances, but now that she can be compared to Brock Lesnar, I reckon it's helped her dramatically. Yeah, I, I agree. And it, it goes sort of without say. I mean, I don't want Vince heavy-handedly going, well, Ronda Rousey, I'm like Brock Lesnar. It's like, just let it be said without being overtly said. Or let mm-hmm. people pick up on it. All right, Dave from Holyoke, Massachusetts says, uh, this will probably get addressed anyway, but two things. I can't help but notice how lean Brock Lesnar is while on testing. Also, what do you think about WWE presumably giving up that Heyman will not join Reigns on Sunday? Was a possibility of it not one of the saving graces of a match that people are going to hate on? Yeah, I mean, we can underline that, too. Um, I mean, I don't know about... I, I don't... I don't look at Lesnar and I don't notice his... He just seems like a beast all the time to me. And I just think... I mean, maybe I'm just not perceptive at it, but he comes out in a T-shirt and beating people. I just don't... I think he's a a guy who's going to fluctuate in weight anyway. Um, But yeah, I mean, maybe under testing it's changed things. But maybe it's because he's getting ready to... Do, he's doing a bunch of cardio to get ready for a long match at SummerSlam. <laughs> we'll see how that works out. But as far as the storyline goes... Um, I mean, you, you've said it, and, and I've sort of tried to figure out, get in Vince's head, even if I disagree with his rationale and try to figure out why would he do it this way. But, I mean, consider for a minute, if Roman Reigns looked at that note and had the acting chops, and I think he was well on his way, to look at the note and read it and look, look up at Paul Heyman and then, like, wrinkle the note up in his hand, but sort of in an ambiguous way, and look at Heyman a little too long... And then roll out of the ring and walk to the back. And then the announcer, like, what did that mean? You know, just like Renee was freaking out. What did you mean about unless? And just, like, leave it there. No Brock. No more words from him. Maybe Heyman has a little sinister grin or a sly grin, and then he kind of catches himself and stops. And then that's it. Tune in Sunday. Like, I, Mm -hmm. I do think that would sell more network subs, but I don't. But I wonder if Vince is thinking, we don't, I don't want to give the Roman haters hope that Roman's going to side with Heyman because they're going to then boo when he doesn't. Like, So I just don't know if Vince wants to go down that road. I, I don't, yeah. But why they're going to boo anyway, so at least give us some intrigue. They're going to boo anyway. I vote for that's that. Fo- Again, I'm just... That's a foregone conclusion. Just, But give us something intriguing. And I'm a, I'm a sucker for those type of storylines. Whose side is that person on? What are they going to do? Like, I love the SummerSlam 92 storyline where Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair came to the ring and, you know, that they were talking about they're going to be in someone's corner, but you didn't know who was going to be against the Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior. I, I love those type of storylines because it gets me intrigued, has me playing out things... I just think it would have been a great touch. Let's uh, let's go to Guy from Northern California. I love the show, but I never get the opportunity to participate because I'm a sports writer who works nights. Because of that, I watch Ron SmackDown on DVR. Tonight, however, is an exception. Hey, Guy, you can email our flagship show. I mean, uh, regularly. Because if you catch up by the time we record our uh, Thursday flagship on Wednesdays, we can uh, get your questions in more often. So he says, I just started the show, and I don't like how they turned Natty's father's death into part of the women's title narrative. Why is Ronda Rousey even talking about it? Why is a storyline friend telling the WWE Universe about his death? I wish they'd just leave it out of the story. Maybe that changes as the night goes on, but tying it in with Bliss, who cheated to beat Natty time and time again, I just didn't like it. Thanks for the great content, and I'm looking forward to the 49ers winning their opening game of the season. I know what you're up to there, guy. By the way, 
Kirk Cousins, I'm totally sold. That drive on the preseason game, man, that was that was good quarterbacking. Jason, I know you're you're with me on this, right? Pretty much. I'm a big NFL fan. I go for the Dolphins myself, and I've had no <laughs> success in the past. You know, I started going for them in 1992, and that year we made the AFC final against the Bills and lost it. But from there, we pretty much had nothing. No. So I'm assuming San Francisco plays Minnesota in the first week. Is that right? That is correct, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, that's going to be interesting. All right. Yeah, Kirk I'm Cousins looking forward looked, to it. He looked good. Kirk Cousins looked, I mean, it's one drive. Man, he looked good. Anyway, I'm not going to draw too many conclusions from that. Okay, so um, uh, let's see. Uh, and by the way, just found out Stefan Diggs lives like a mile from me now because of the new Viking headquarters and all the Vikings are in the area here. And so it's like, I'm going to start bumping into Vikings at the grocery store, which is going to be kind of cool. Um, you're going to start bumping into Vikings. Now you take that out of context. That still sounds pretty cool. <laughs> That's true. Yes. All right. I had the same feeling for a brief moment. Now I, I do want to say this. Ronda Rousey is not just an Italian storyline friend. They're, they're, they're close behind the scenes. Uh, Natty trained Ronda. Um, they're, they really adore each other. So that was genuine emotion. Um, and, and that made me more willing to, accept and embrace this you know that there there's a real bond between them and i think rousey was genuinely emotional over what happened um but the transition from that into alexa i did have that little moment of discomfort uh, not even so much for me but i watched it and thought what do people think who are watching like if they're not like super they don't kind of understand the culture of pro wrestling and they watch a real death and Rousey emotionally talking about it, and with no transition, shift to promoting a staged fight and a staged feud and a scripted feud. It it felt a little little tacky, a little tawdry, a little bit to me. Um, I got over it pretty quick, but I, I get where Guy is coming from. Jason, what do you think? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sort of the same, but I, I knew the transition was going to happen. Um, but what override the whole thing for me was her speech about fathers, I really, really liked that. I liked the message. I liked everything about it. Yeah. I thought it was heartfelt. I was with her, and I said, I know sooner or later they're going to have to transition to Alexa Bliss. So I just sort of accepted it. Um, it is what it is, but I really liked her speech about fathers. Yeah. I mean, could they have done something where there was more of a clean break between well, I saw- things? Maybe. I mean, I remember, remember when um, Jerry Lawler's um, mother passed away a week before he took on The Miz at a pay-per-view, and The Miz sort of addressed it, and then he sort of paused and then talked about what was coming up that Sunday because it was just it was, it was horrible timing, horrible timing, full stop, but horrible timing with, with the pay-per-view coming up, and he sort of tried to introduce sort of like a clean break. Um, look, I'm, I'm just used to this type of thing in wrestling. I, I wasn't overly offended, but I could see – how some people may have been or even felt a little bit uncomfortable. To me, it's just one of those things. But I like that Ronda addressed it because it does make sense that they are um, real friends in real life. So I I can sort of understand that. And I I was waiting for the transition to Alexa Bliss. So it didn't catch me off guard. But pretty much, wait, I can see everyone's point of view. I will go to uh, Jason D, who says, I guess I understand. (laughs) I guess I understand. The reason we'll, – we'll see if you agree with yourself here. I guess I understand the reasoning for Baron Corbin to constantly go after Finn Balor's size, but why the announce team? Over the past few weeks, Finn Balor, who, by the way, is the same height as AJ Styles, has been referred to by the commentary team as the tiny Irishman. 
Corey Graves asked Renee Young if she and Balor wore the same size leather jacket. And maybe worst of all, Jonathan Coachman said a couple weeks ago that, quote, Finn Balor is an underdog every time he steps foot in the ring. Also, I know a lot of fans are ready to see the demon return, but should it really be wasted on a guy who barely defeated Tyler Breeze tonight? Um, yeah, I, I'm just so bored with somebody with wrestler size being pointed out as as a storyline. I get that with Big Cass, it was sort of a thing with Brian, and then they did it with Baron Corbin and Finn Balor. A heel doing it now and then, even then it has some negatives that come along with it. But yeah, I mean, the, the tiny Irishman and, and having Graves joke about it, it's got to be Vince. And I just think... Vince is feeding lines and encouraging this because he sees Finn Balor backstage and is like, why would anyone pay to see you? You're not credible. You're this tiny, skinny little guy. Like, get over it. Nobody's thinking that watching Finn Balor perform. No, and the, so, guy's built, the guy's built like a, you know, <laughs> man, he looks like an athlete. He looks like someone who could kick ass. I don't care how big he is. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, Wade. You know, speaking of this, right, <laughs> remember when Mark Henney was going through his Hall of um, Pain? type of run in 2011 and he was just on fire and michael cole was playing the role of a heel announcer i remember this mark henry was on commentary michael cole was ripping on daniel bryan comparing him to hornswoggle and mark henry just ripped into michael cole saying mm-hmm. that is the stupidest thing i've ever heard what are you talking about and cole just dropped it <laughs> it was tremendous because awesome. he was trying to get mark henry to make fun of daniel bryan's height comparing him to Hornswoggle, but Henry, even as a heel, had nothing to do with it. He ripped on Cole, and the whole thing got dropped, and I thought it was great. I think I like Mark Henry a lot. <laughs> uh, Mark, Mark Henry during that run, that is an uh, underrated run. That Hall of Pain run, where he was just going through everyone with that confidence, with that voice, the way yeah. he carried himself, it was brilliant. Yes. And the uh, ratings for SmackDown were high that year, too. If you go back and look at the ratings, a dominating heel who can kick ass and looks the part, that's what brings in ratings. Yes, yes. All right, uh, VIP member Denny from Toledo, Ohio, says, I noticed after Brock Lesnar beat down Roman Reigns, all the announcers talked about how despicable it was of Lesnar and Heyman to do that. Imagine how much heat would be on all of their heels if they applied this tactic to all heels in their actions. I'm glad they finally did it, but for fans like me and many others who listen to your show, it comes off as another desperate attempt to make fans happy when Reigns wins. On a side note, I loved Renee tonight, but I wonder if they produce at least one announcer to sound like an idiot. Graves was bad tonight. He seemed to be in the coach role. Thanks for all the great content. Everyone should go VIP. Thank you, Denny. Appreciate that and the endorsement. And I advise everybody to to heed your advice and go VIP. PWTorchVIPInfo.com. Uh, Jason, um, the announcing, uh, yes, thumbs up to decrying and framing it as despicable what Heyman and Reigns did. But, he, I mean, yeah, it's part of the heavy-handed Vince McMahon tactic that people see through, people who boo Reigns see through it. But I wish they did this for all heels all the time. It's just, it's still, I, in fact, it was either the five or ten years ago Raw report earlier today where I was commenting on the heels totally extinguishing heel heat. I mean, this is not a new thing. I think it was a 10 years ago Raw report. It's like, why would they say that if the goal, like you design a whole angle to get heat on heels, and then you have this whole announcing thing totally undercutting it. Like, it just, it makes no sense. And I will never understand, never understand Vince McMahon doing angles in the ring where the heel is, everything is designed around decades and decades of it being effective at getting heat on a heel for cheating and being despicable and just breaking social mores, doing things that nobody wants done to themselves and nobody admires. Well, almost nobody. 
And and then the announcer, as you know, it's a lot of people out there. Um, and then the announcers yeah. <laughs> do. Um, and then the announcers, like, just undercut it. And Vince is there on headset. Like, it'd be one thing if Vince wrote the show and then left and, like, went to the bar, you know, like, or went to the gym and didn't watch and pay attention. But he's producing the announcers to undercut his very booking. And he's been doing it now forever. Like, for 10-plus years, it's been bad. Um, it didn't used to be this bad. Yeah, I know. It's, it boggles the mind, doesn't it? I mean, you're just undercutting everything. And if I was a wrestler going out there trying to tell a story and trying to get heat and the announcers are either justifying it in a way which is not going to lead me to get heat which is going to give me sympathy which is what i don't want or they're just downplaying it at all it's like well why am i doing all this i mean it's hard enough to be a heel in this era where everyone knows what's going on so why would you make life more difficult for yourself i know I, i totally agree um what do you what do you think of Renee and what do you think of Renee's chemistry with Graves and do you agree Graves had an off night? Um, you know what I, I sort of tuned out the announcers. I was listening early, but then I just sort of tuned them out. I, look, I'm a big fan of Renee Young. I think she does a great job. Um, I like it when Graves says something and she fires back and then it gets dropped. I don't like when the heel announcer feels they always need to bring in a comeback. To me, I think you've got to – it's not about you personally. You've almost got to take one for the team. Say something stupid deliberately. Have the babyface announcer cut them off and leave it at that. Sometimes I feel these heel announcers, they try to get too much of the last word in, and that might be an ego thing. It might be a Vince thing. But as we talked about, it undercuts the heel's heat and makes the babyfaces in the ring look stupid. You don't always have to be right, and you don't always have to get in the last word. Yeah, I I thought Renee was good tonight. Um, I didn't notice Graves being all that bad, um, but I thought Renee was good. And I, I mean, part of it is just not having Coach and Booker. Um, Renee's just you know smart. I think she largely served the storylines well. It was off to a little shaky start early on. She was, I can't. What was? What did she say early on where it so, seemed like she was kind of uh, amb, uh, ambivalent a little bit about something where she should have, I think, been? Was it about Alexa Bliss? Like, it was did she defend Alexa Bliss a little bit too much or something? Or I understand what you're saying, but I'm not sure it was that. Like, um, Michael Cole asked her a question, and she sort of, yeah, I could understand that. You know, oh, it was about Kurt Angle showing favoritism. Yes, that's exactly it. Yes, Renee said that Angle can sometimes pick favorites, but nothing like Corbin. And I was like, no. You gotta take. You gotta stand up and go. Kurt Angle is has integrity and and he intelligence even, um, and and he's an intense GM and he serves he serves this product well. Like just be an unabashed defender of him, um, and and, and say anytime Angle does something wrong, it's it's only because he's you know he's put in a bad spot by Stephanie. Like yeah, I wish he came out strong for Angle and said, well yeah, you know it's a false equivalency. Uh, you know they that politician lied about that little thing. So this politician who lied, you know, 3000 times about big things, ah, it's all equal. Like no it's not, mm. you know. And with Renee, you know, it it sort of felt false equivalence like at play there. Um or or it was at least rationalizing or or, or giving some credence to it. You know, wait, I sort of pick up on people that don't like um Constable Corbin. I don't know if I'm in the minority. I really like his character. I mean, I'm, yeah, Corbin yeah. in the ring, maybe not so much. You know, he's not the most dynamic person in the ring, but, you know, he, he plays his role well, I believe, in the ring for what he can do. But as far as his character is concerned, I mean, I find him extremely dislikable. He's annoying. He's a thorn in Kurt Angle's side. I can't wait for Kurt Angle to 
like when Roman Reigns punched Corbin out, I was cheering for Reigns. Corbin deserved that. <laughs> I think he plays. A, I think he plays a really good role. I don't know why people don't like him. I think he plays his role well. He's not looking to get cheers. He's looking to be annoying. He's looking to do things in an in an unfair way, and he plays his role well. I, I agree. No, I agree. I think he's. I think he's playing his role well, and I like having a a pest assistant GM with some power bestowed upon him by the 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 boss woman. Better than just a heel GM, you know, just running running the show. So uh, it's a little bit of kind of a checks and balances on Kurt Angle in a way that kind of undercuts what Kurt's trying to do. And mm-hmm. and and yeah, I agree. I think Corbin. I think Corbin's really good at playing this role. I I am thinking now, just just kind of a silly comment, but with Corbin shaving his head with the receding hairline, the widow's peak, and then and then Dean Ambrose, who's next? I'm trying to think of who else in WWE is growing their hair out, but doesn't have the full head of hair who might be asked to shave their head next or, or do it. So we, I, anyone come to mind? Certainly not Dolph Ziggler, although Dolph Ziggler's hair today, tonight, was driving me nuts. What, what is up with that? Nah, they, that, that, I know what you're saying, but that, that drove me nuts in a good way. Like, yeah, I, I thought it looked stupid, but it made me dislike him. Like, I was like, you know, I, I really dislike you, but in a good way. You know? I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and then the stonewashed jeans. It's like, where does he even find those? Like, he's just going to wait until it's fashionable again. There's got to be some 80s store somewhere where it's just pure, you know, awesome 80s or something. You know, he's got to get them from there. Yes. All you right. know, but I thought, I thought Drew McIntyre handled himself on the mic very well. I like the way he speaks. I just like his overall presentation. I know you're a big fan of him, and it's taken me a little bit to come on board with Drew. I mean, I've always liked him, but I haven't thought he'd be like a true main eventer. But the... There's something about him, the way he's carrying himself, the way he's holding his own on the mic, and he's, yeah, he's he's going to be a real breakout star soon. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with him on a big main event level. Yep, yep, I agree. All right, uh, Adam for Buffalo. Three advertisement break-ins in the first 20 minutes of Raw. If you include the picture-in-picture picture, SummerSlam advertisement we saw during the actual wrestling, and they're trying to drive people away to force them not to watch. Um, so then we had, uh, this is Mike and another email. This is Michael from Cincinnati. And this email continues live. All jokes aside, (laughs) is it just me or was there a commercial break every five minutes tonight? I feel like there have been more commercials in the first hour than AOP appearances since our call up. Thank you for all of your hard work. So a couple people complaining early on about the commercial breaks. I don't think there's any more than usual actual commercials, but yeah, I mean, they got those, uh, picture in picture advertisements during matches for SummerSlam. I, I get why they do them. I, I, think it, I think in the end you're in the business of selling wrestling matches. And if you diminish the value of what's happening in the ring by going to a commercial in a match like that, when you're already breaking away to commercial breaks, I, I, I think you're starting to cut into the notion that the wrestling itself counts. I, you just don't see that elsewhere. So... I mean, I get why they do it because they think we're going to hold. The, we can send this message to fans without them going, "Oh, it's a commercial. I'm going to tune out." Uh, but I think there's a bigger price they pay. How, how do you th- how do you feel, Jason? I think so. When I understand, like you said, why they do those commercial type of announcements, you know, to promote the pay per view, but it does pretty much say, "Hey, at the bottom of the screen here, or the top, wherever the match is, this is fake." There's not going to be a pinfall. There's not going to be a submission. It's fake. Don't worry about that. Nothing important is happening right now. And I don't think you want to do that. I mean, I, I hate commercials in matches. It really takes yeah. me out of the moment. I'd love there to be a time limit where you couldn't have commercials during yeah. matches. Yeah. It just, I, take, just takes me out of the moment. I, I love NXT. I mean, I watch NXT, and I'm just like keep waiting for that moment where they go to a break, and then I'm like, oh, that's right. They don't cut 
they don't go to breaks in the middle of NXT matches on their TV show. It's it's it makes the match feel more important, and and then it's so like it takes a crowd out of it because a crowd knows when there's a headlock, you know, they know they're at a break, and they mm-hmm. know that they're not they're just props in a TV production, and the wrestlers can't even be bothered to serve them if the TV audience isn't watching. You know, I mean, it's like if you're at a cocktail party and there's you know three people gathered and somebody's talking and telling a, a story and you know they're really engaging and then somebody goes, oh, hang on, I need to refresh my drink and the person walks away and it's just you and that person now and that person has nothing to say to you and you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, so you just are interested in talking to this other person who's not here and you're saving your stories for them because I'm not worth it. I think that's how a crowd feels. They just feel like, oh, okay, another long rest hold. You know, and it's they're not 100% do it, but they do it often enough. I think the crowd kind of picks up on it and yeah it, it it just make the wrestling seem important because in the end whether they agree whether they want to admit it or not it is the wrestling that is what it all it all leads to that i mean that's the payoff all right uh katie says uh from hamilton new jersey i went vip for my 35th birthday last week and my lord the amount of content is almost indigestible and I mean that in a good way. <laughs> VIP will give you indigestion. Uh, go VIP, people. I have a question about Alexa Bliss mocking the Ronda Rousey frowny. Ronda's anger, angry toddler, you took my toy face, is basically the extent of her out-of-ring persona. Do you think having Bliss mock her facial acting over and over was too deep of a cut that could damage Ronda and really expose the only promo gimmick that works for her? Again, I love VIP. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate the testimonial, uh, especially from a new member. Um, so everybody out there, what are you waiting for? Um, yeah, I, I again, th- these emails are bringing up points that, that as I watch the show, I was like, oh, wow. You know, like, yeah. And I don't know if it's, let's, sh- like, if behind the scenes, you know, WWE has a mentality, kind of that that bully mentality that comes through. And we, it's, it's indisputable. It's there over the years. Let's let's snicker behind people's back and make fun of them, and 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 then do it on air. Sometimes Jim Ross has been the victim of it. Others have been, so many others. And I sort of feel like at times they are picking on Ronda with plausible deniability. And in this case, I wondered if they're trying to shame her into expanding her facial expressions and trying to expand her acting and her range a little bit by having the heel mock her and almost in a way challenge. Like, they can't, they don't go to Ronda and go, hey, Ronda, can you give us a new facial expression? That's kind of mean. It's like it might backfire. But you can say, hey, Alexa, we've got you scripted to pick on Ronda. What's Ronda going to do? Go, don't say that about me. That hurts my feelings. She's not going to say that. So they can sort of get away with it in sort of this passive-aggressive way of critiquing her performance. Uh, but I, I would like to see Ronda have more than just the pouty toddler you took my toy look. And, and and then the exuberant smile of, yay, candy. I mean, she has these, like, two, two dominant expressions. So part of me is sort of like, well, if this is what it takes to get her to get better is shaming her a little bit into it, I'm sort of for it. But I also think it's a really immature way to go about sending a message to a talent. So I don't know. I mean, that's, that's me talking my way through it. Jason, how about you? Yeah, but that's her moneymaker. And I reckon she's been told to look like that. Like, that's her moneymaker. That look right there says... You know, it's about to get real. So why Alexa Bliss would make fun of it? I mean, I guess they want to make fun of, make fun of something that's obvious, but maybe their line of thinking is, look, we're going to make fun of it. But at the end of the day, Rousey's actions back up her facial expressions. So whatever Alexa Bliss is going to say about this facial expression, we all know that she kicks ass with that, and that's going to override Alexa Bliss making fun of her. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, let's let's do another email on Rhonda. We got Zach in Texas. Always got to have a Zach. Um, Ronda Rousey was at her best tonight. She was put in a position she sometimes struggles in, cutting a promo, and she came through brilliantly. She was authentic and empathetic because she's been where Natty is now. She knows what Natty's going through, and that shows. Alexa was gold on the mic as usual. I agree with that. Ronda was tearing through the security guards. and Ronda tearing through the security guards was hilarious. I agree with that. I think the segment was a total home run. My question is, are we supposed to think Alexa has a snowball's chance in hell against Ronda just because she tossed her into a barricade, considering we just saw her throw grown men around like nothing? So lots of of little talking points there. I do agree. As much as the transition from real life to storyline kind of jarred me a little bit, um, and as much as we can question whether Alexa should be mocking Ronda for something that maybe other people aren't noticing, and now they will. And that's a downside of it. Um, I, I thought... Lex was great on the mic. I thought Ronda overall was good. I thought she actually showed more range. And her beating up the, the, the three security guards and then the fourth guy getting bug-eyed and leaping out of the ring, that could have been corny and cheesy and slapstick and 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 just cornball. And, and it actually just sort of worked like for me. I, I, I thought it walked right up to that line, and I thought it was funny having that fourth security guy just be like, uh, okay, I'll just leave. <laughs> don't You don't need to throw mm. me. I'll just leave. So, yeah, I, I thought it was a... Overall, a really good segment, even though we've kind of picked on a couple spot, picked out a couple spots that maybe are worth discussing the pros and cons of. Overall, I thought it was uh, thought it was really good, and Alexa was really strong. Alexa's always strong on the mic. I think she's brilliant. You know, I find her very entertaining, and she plays her role so well. Um, you know, as far as Rousey is concerned, is she going to win on Sunday? I think she has to. Definitely, I don't think she can have another title match and not win. So so then she goes into that women's evolution pay-per-view. Does she take on Alexa Bliss in a rematch, which I'm not really sure I'm interested in because I think Rousey will just plow through her again? Or do we go with Natalia? So it's going to be interesting. Do, do you think, first of all, wait, do you think Ronda will win on Sunday? And do you think she has to win on Sunday? Well, first, uh, yes, I think she's going to win. But I, I have to throw in the caveat, I, I wonder what they had planned with the Natalia. And, I, I mean, you can't – if Natalia was going to turn heel on Rousey – and I'm not saying that I was betting on it, but it was on my mind as a certain, po- a definite possibility. You can't have Natalia turn heel six days after her dad died. You can't. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if she'll be at. Su- I mean, she probably won't be at SummerSlam. I don't know. I hope she's not. I hope she has time to time to mourn and deal with family issues. Uh, maybe she wants to get back. It's up to her. I mean, really, but um, uh, but I hope it's up to her. I'll put it that way. I mm. I. Uh, uh, if they had something planned, this throws a wrench into it. Uh, for sure. So, but either way, I sort of think Rada needed to win the title, even if, like, to me, the Natalia turn, it's sort of like we talked about Seth and Dean at the top of the show. I think that's something you want to draw out a little bit more, because um, I think there's more potential there for, for it to be drawn out, um, as opposed to just doing it out of nowhere just to get Rada's next match set up. And But now it probably will be drawn out, even if they were going to do a turn on Sunday. Yeah, I just think that Ronda, she can't have too many title matches and not be successful. I know. I think she has. I think she has to win this one. Alexa Bliss isn't going to lose anything by losing to Ronda. She'll have plenty of excuses, and then we just uh, take it from there. We, we we saw that with I I saw it firsthand in real time with Hulk Hogan and the AWA. You know, Vern didn't want to give Hogan the belt um, uh, when Hulkamania was running wild before Vince McMahon Jr. hired him. And, you know, drawing huge crowds, and, and they were just ready to explode for Hulk, and it was just one technicality after another. He even, he even won the title one night. The news, the local news ran store. Hulk Hogan's AW champion, and then they, you know, announced, no, he was stripped of the title because of whatever, the dusty finish, whatever it was. Um, 
And oh, a back was it backdrop? I think he backdropped Bachwinkle over the top rope, and then the ref used DQ'd after. I don't know. I watched it a couple years ago. I think you're right. I remember reading that in Hogan's book. Yeah, that he, he, he threw him over the top rope, but it, it didn't count, and the fans got screwed again. Yeah. So but if so, you look, if you look back at Vince McMahon's booking over the years, Wade, with top baby faces, and you go back and have a look at it, genuinely. When an up-and-coming top babyface goes for the championship the first time, they're successful. Now, it didn't happen with Roman, but if you look at a Cena, Austin, um, going to do even, it with, like, with Hart, Shawn Michaels, the first time as a babyface they go for the championship. Luger Yokozuna was going to be that, and then they just decided to shift to Brett. There was too much pressure internally, but that whole song, they had all the confetti and all the pyro ready for Luger, and he won yeah. by count-out. I was in the building for that. He won by count-out. And they they dropped confetti like because well we paid for it we set it up it was such a uh, you know change in plans and it was like yay Lex Luger isn't champion but he won by countout let's drop confetti it was ridiculous um, <laughs> but that was going to be one of those moments I wonder if Vince regrets that I wish we knew well, I remember I remember watching that as an eleven year old thinking to myself wait a minute. Yeah, Luger won by count out, but he hasn't won the title. Why are they celebrating this? I, I know. I remember standing in the building just looking at fans going, well, you guys kind of get that this is not <laughs> not quite what what uh, Lex vowed it for and what you hoped for. And there's a ring announcement coming in about eight seconds that's going to kind of <laughs> be a reality show. But anyway, yes, yes. So here's the thing. Uh, we, but they, they waited too long with Hogan. But they had their political reasons. Fern just wasn't able to pay him and didn't trust him and all that. And then with the Road Warriors, they waited too long, too many dusty finishes. They killed, you know, Jim Crockett Jr. killed Chicago by not letting the Road Warriors win uh, the, the tag belts when, when the crowd was just primed and ready for it. I think they hurt Seth and set him back two years, uh, a year, you know, two, a little over two years ago, back at Extreme Rules in, in May of 2016, when he should have come back. Not not just win the title, but like he should have been a babyface there. There's times Vince does second-guess himself or wait too long to pull the trigger or isn't convinced of something. Um, and But with Rousey, you don't you just don't want to do that. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, no. your fans want to see it. Give it to the fans and just tell the story. Give them the happy moment and don't drag it out where fans start thinking about the booking and wondering why. I get the money's in the chase, but sometimes the chase is just delaying what fancy is inevitable and they start resenting it. Well, there's only so much money in the chase, and you don't want to get too greedy. Exactly, yes. Uh, okay. And unlike with Hogan and the Road Warriors, for instance, and even Luger, there's just no reason to delay. I mean, it's just like, there's. I, well, I should say there's no reason. You can you can talk to somebody, and they can talk, make an intelligent argument for, no, here's what we're going to do, and it's going to make sense. But it's okay if you do it. Like, you're not, mm. you've got her under contract. She's she's there. The fans are ready for it. There's not. There's no compelling reason not to do it, even if you can make a case for, well, it's okay if we don't. All right, another email. Um, did anyone else notice during Bliss's promo they had an abnormally intimate close-up of her, completely cutting Fox out of the frame for the bulk of the promo? Uh, does anyone think Vince is sitting in the back, saw her come out wearing a hat like some kind of Christmas Carol character, and demand the cam ops zoom in on Bliss? Uh, go VIP. Um, I thought it was interesting how Corey Graves, who often is the voice of Vince on these shows, mocked Alicia Fox and said, uh, Renee, you're a little more fashion forward than I am. By the way, Corey Graves is very fashion forward. So I, 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 maybe by a little bit Renee is, but Corey seems very conscious of fashion. Um, but nevertheless, he said, Renee, you're more fashion forward than me. Why did Alicia Fox come out dressed up as Kale? And I thought that was the, the line of the night. <laughs> yeah, I heard that one too. Yeah. Did she have an answer to it? 
Uh, she said she wasn't sure and that Fox makes some questionable fashion decisions now and then, and then they moved on. Cal is pretty healthy for you, I guess. Very healthy for you, yeah. Um, And when prepared right, very good, very good. All right, we'll end on a... I think this is the last email I'll get to, but uh, Paul L. Ridge, New York. Uh, This just seemed to be a very boring take-home show. Only the last segment got me pumped for SummerSlam. Uh, with that being said, Ambrose is back and looks crazier and a little bigger than he ever has. It wasn't shocking that he was there when they said Seth would have someone in his corner, but it was great seeing him back. And Ambrose and Seth get reactions that Vince wishes Roman would get. Boy, isn't that true? So speaking hmm. of Roman, his promo bugged me tonight more than usual. When he told home, when he when he told Heyman he didn't need him to beat Brock, I actually face palmed. If Roman could beat Brock, why hasn't he? Well, he has. He did in Saudi Arabia. He has, he faced, him, he has faced him three times at SummerSlam last year, counting SummerSlam last year. He's lost every single one of them. He didn't. He won in Saudi Arabia. Do something simple and say, hey, Brock, had my number those times, but I've learned my loss, lessons, and now I know how to beat him. To me, it just came off a little delusional with the way he phrased it to Heyman tonight. They had been kind of staying away from Reigns, saying, I did win. Because it's such, it's such a fluky way to win. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I touched the I touched the ground a tiny bit sooner than Roman on part of my body part the camera didn't pick up. So I'm dominant and I proved I'm better than Lesnar. It's like that's not even if he was declared the winner, that's not the kind of way you don't prove you're better than somebody in pro wrestling by knocking them to the floor through the wall of a cage. Like you should have more pride than to want to be champion for that kind of finish. Like you want to pin or submit somebody. That's how you prove you're good at wrestling. So mm-hmm. the whole thing just falls apart. It doesn't work, and he went back to it tonight. And I, I think he would have been better off not bringing that up and, and just saying, you know, however things went in the past, Brock, here's why I think I'm going to beat you now. You know, and, and just and they're so scared to do a sports-like promo like that. You know, like, I've watched back the matches. I know where your head is at, and I know where my head is at. And whatever, whatever was left to chance in our previous matches, it's not left to chance this time. I'm going to win, and I am sure of it. And you should enter that ring and unstrap that universal title for the last time, and or, or unstrap it from your waist. And no, it's the last time. So give it that extra look. Hold it a little tighter because you're never going to hold that belt again. And just cut a babyface go-home promo. It's okay to be pro wrestling Vince McMahon and Roman Reigns. It's okay. It works. Just do it. He almost was there, and then he went, and, oh, I beat you last time. It's, oh, it's frustrating because... If they just let, if they get rid of their stupid pride about not wanting to be pro wrestling, not wanting a Roman's being too cool for school, they just go, I know I'm going to win, and this belt means the world to me, and I want to win it for the fans, and I want to win it for the co- and all this stuff. It's just like they 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 tease it, they touch it, and then they're scared to go there because it, it it's what for whatever their rationale, and there's you know several reasons for it. So yeah, this was a week for Roman to just cut that impassioned babyface promo and get people excited, like almost every other top every other top babyface has always done. And it's been in their it's been in their toolbox. It's been in their skill set, and it's been the obvious thing to do. And he still is coming up short on that front. So Wade, from what you're hearing, or I don't know if it's really out there, this will be Brock Lesnar's last match in WWE for quite a while. Is that what we're confident in? Yeah, but I mean, they surprised us before, so there's that asterisk. So, but yeah, I have, I have not heard that he has re-signed and I don't think that they would let definitive word get out there and I would take any conflicting information as a red herring um, to get people to wonder about the finish more than I would as some sort of definitive thing but uh, yeah no I think this is it for Lesnar I'm gonna go I think he's gonna go train for UFC and he may or may not be back so it's just funny when we look at it he beats the Undertaker at 
WrestleMania 30. The next year, Roman Reigns was meant to get that visual pin over Brock Lesnar, the transference of heat. Just never turned out that way. It's just interesting the way Brock Lesnar's run has turned out for the past six and a half years. Triple H defeated him. Goldberg defeated him. I think John Cena. John Cena pinned him, of course, the first month back. And that's it. Now, that's not to say he hasn't been useful or whatnot, and he's definitely helped bring in a lot of dollars and network subscriptions. But when you look at that win-loss record, and now that visual pin, like I mentioned, it just doesn't mean anything anymore. And it could have meant so much, but it doesn't. They just want that championship off him. What that could have meant for a Braun Strowman, a Samoa Joe last year. Because remember, he beat Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, and all three of them at SummerSlam. And then he also pinned AJ Styles. And then he, Seth Rollins never really got that match against him, which he could have. What could have been, just from a visual point of view, to, to make the most out of pinning his shoulders on the mat, we now got into a point where fans just want that championship off him. But they're going to give it to someone who the fans are behind. It's just it's really interesting the way it's all turned out. I don't think this was the plan when he pinned The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30. No, no. It, it, it feels like when we kind of step back and look at the totality of what's gone on here once the final chapter is written, there's going to be a lot of people rightfully second-guessing um, some of the some of the directions that they've gone here and the choices that they made. Dean Ambrose right now, I, I actually just dropped down. He was the number one or actually, number two trend on Twitter, and now he's number three. A couple hours after Raw, a couple hours after his return, he's still, I guess, West Coast feed or something. But it's, it's like he's the top three trend on Twitter right now. People are uh, going nuts for him. I guess there's not a lot else going on tonight, too. So, uh, but yeah, I can imagine Renee saying to him, well, Dean, you're the number three trend on you. You're number one before on Twitter. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, that's exactly. So, what's that do for me? How, how does that make me any more money? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it is indicative. I mean, it's, it's, I think I think even if Dean's not wanting to share a lot of thoughts and spend time on social media, I think someone telling him that he's got to f- take a little pride in the fact that people are talking about him, even if he doesn't want to talk to them. Uh, cool, Jason. Uh, anything else before we wrap up here? Well, we do have the big down under show coming up in October, which yes. I do have tickets for. So that's coming up in early October. So that's only a, a couple of months away. Two matches have been announced. Um, obviously, The Undertaker versus Triple H and John Cena versus Kevin Owens. That's been announced. So I know you're talking on one of your VIP shows about who's the next opponent for John Cena. Does he have any dream matches left? Well, you know, clearly he's coming over to Australia as sort of a one-off. Yeah. He will be facing Kevin Owens. So we know the chemistry that those two have. We'll have a great match. Cool. Jason, always a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you. We will uh, hopefully do this again very soon. Great. Thanks, Wade. Thanks, listeners. You bet. Thank you. We've got our $1 VIP sale going on right now. Go to pwtorchvipinfo.com and enter coupon code DOLLARSLAM18. DOLLARSLAM18 is that coupon code. And take $9 off a VIP subscription. Get a full month of VIP membership for a dollar right now. DOLLARSLAM18 is a coupon code on our sign-up form for VIP info and a link to our sign-up form, which is mobile-friendly, Go to pwtorchvipinfo.com. It's a really cool website, both on mobile and desktop. It can be a good overview of what comes with the VIP membership. And uh, you can decide for yourself if it's worth trying us for a dollar, which includes Sunday night's post-SummerSlam roundtable podcast that I'll host exclusively for VIP members with Bruce Mitchell and Todd Martin. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com. Coupon code DOLLARSLAM18.
Please keep us in mind when you're about to shop at Amazon. Start at pwtorch.com slash Amazon. That's pwtorch.com slash Amazon. Click on the Amazon logo on that page, and it takes you right to the Amazon homepage. But that two-second detour by starting at pwtorch.com slash Amazon means we get a commission on whatever you buy on that shopping trip. So every single time you're going to shop at Amazon, don't type in AMAZ. Stop right there and go to pwtorch.com slash Amazon. Thank you so much for your support.